This episode is brought to you by CQ Works, which is what I call my little artsy business thing that I have on the side. I've got pet porches that I do a lot. You know you need to get one. Believe me, they're fantastic. And I also have some Somerville and South Carolina styled prints that you can buy. And not to mention, once again, I've got some stickers in the store. Make sure you go to calebacquire.com to find all of those and decorate yourself. Are you looking to improve your health, lose some weight, get in shape for the beach? Well, head on over to the Keto Dojo on Facebook, a place where there is no judgment and you get great support and fantastic recipes. I can't even read what the fuck I said. God damn it. It sounds like an ad, Brian. Well, it is an ad. Okay. What is it supposed to be? I, I don't know. An ad? <laughs> All right. I think that right there could be the ad. What? What? <laughs> hey, if you're looking for a creative place to self-publish your works, uh, maybe a novel, short story, a calendar you've made, head on over to lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. And while you're there, check out my book that I wrote 12 years ago. It's all fun and games until. That's lulu.com. Welcome to Craft Conversations, where we craft a conversation and we talk a little bit about craft beer. I am your host, Brian Dales. I'm Caleb Choir. On this week's episode, we had Jana Riley, Dan Riley's wife, <laughs> author, writer, uh, humanitarian, mother, wife, just an all-around great gal. Enjoy this episode. Some people are just open, and I, I guess you notice this throughout life. But some people, when I'm interviewing them, it's it's really like pulling teeth trying to get anything out of them. That yeah. you have to ask that one question, and there's just no follow up after that. They just right. kind of say, "And yes." And you're like, <laughs> so elaborate. No. Like, yeah, that's you gotta all you ask get. those open open ended questions. And even when you do, yeah, sometimes yeah. that doesn't work. But yeah. But those are, I would say that's like one in 10 or two in 10. Some people are oversharers. I was about to say, how often do you get the opposite? Oh, I've, I've had a couple. Yeah. <laughs> there was one in particular that I remember. And um, this person was just really excited about being um, interviewed. I think it might have been their first interview. Um, and I, I don't know if they were just overthinking um, and just making sure that everything was included. But they talked to me for about two hours, starting at basically the womb. And I mean, basically, it was like the day I was born. Uh, And then went into just up until what they ate for dinner that night. And um, then so that was a lot. And I was just like, okay, that's that's a lot. Uh, But then I got a five page email afterward. I feel like I didn't say enough, and so then they they sent me everything, and so that was, that was yeah. So I do get the opposite sometimes for sure. Hmm. I mean, I feel like we try to to book guests that we know that are going to talk and that are kind of outgoing and whatever. That we certainly try. I don't think it's on purpose, but the people that we have booked, yeah, kind of talk a little bit. Like Gordon, the last episode we did, 
What was that? Two nights ago? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. Yeah. Wow, you guys I are mean, killing it. The um, we have a four day row next week. <clears throat> yeah, once I come back from Colorado, we got the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth all booked three four days in a row. It's and gonna be crazy. I'll probably look like a zombie afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm still three episodes behind editing right now. No, we just finished Clayton. We just got to add the intro to it, and then um, we got Paul and oh, Gordon, and then, right? And then, and then, so, is it Jana or Jana? What it's, is? It's Jana. Jana. It's a very '80s name. Um, Why do you say that? I, I just, I just. Have you met someone? Never. Of youth, named Jana. I, I mean, there's, so. there's a, there's a real estate agent in town, and it says Jana Bantz, B-A-N-T-Z. Okay. Every time I see her, that's the only other Jana I ever see. Hmm. Um, I have met another 55-year-old Jana. So. <laughs> and is that what you go by? Or do you go by Jan, Jana, no. JJ? No. no is there any nicknames JJ. or anything? JJ. Um, I don't have any nicknames. My husband has about 20 for me. Um, right. But, sure. but just the that. interpersonal average Joe... No, I wish I I wish I had a nickname, but you can't bestow one upon yourself. You can't be like, hey, everybody, I'm going by, you know, Rocket Girl now. I mean, well, you know, Rocket so, Girl. I, I did back in the 80s. I was in a gang, and my name was Busy Wait. Busy D. Hold on. What? Was my name. <laughs> Back it up a little bit. <laughs> We've never talked about this? Never in our entire friendship have I ever heard that you were in a gang. All right, well, I was in a gang, so. Can you elaborate? Is, this thing is a little off here for some reason. Yeah, I, I know keep, we're sitting with Janet Riley right now, but Brian, you're going to steal this moment. Oh, I, I need to hear about this. <clears throat> it was a gang. We had a gang back in the 80s when I was in uh, middle school. It was called the Casual Crew. That was the name of our, name of our gang. Okay, when you said middle school, I started to... To question the the validity of this game. No, we were tough. I agree. We were tough guys. I mean, this was late middle school, kind of early high school. <laughs> late middle school. Yeah. So you late were middle school. You were the big boys. Yeah, seventh, eighth grade. We were tough. What tough you... kids back then. It was eighties. Eighties was rough, man. It was a Cold War. Russia was trying to invade. We had nuclear war going on. The threat. Everything I know about the '80s, I know from Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." I mean, that that covers a lot more than That's just right. the '80s. But I mean, we actually started a lot of fires. Actually, as a gang. We, Are you serious? Yeah, we had the Casual Crew. We had Down by Law. It didn't sound like uh, you were the, very casual. New Breed. We had the Bugle Boys. What, oh so my God! There was a lot of gangs. There was a lot of gang activity. This was in North Charleston. North Charleston. Uh, I went to oh, Stahl, that's Stahl right. High School. We had a big rivalry between uh, North Charleston High School, Stahl High School, Goose Creek, Hanahan. All these guys. What did you get up to in, in, in this gang? I mean, can you say? Is it? Are you still potentially wanted for some of these things? Oh, no, no. It's all good now. Was it like stealing people's pencils? or No, we would have it... like... You ever seen The Outsiders with... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm imagining. Like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it was. We'd have rival like gang fights with these other schools and, and different neighborhoods and stuff. Why? <laughs> we'd meet out in the field and just... We'd have... 20 on 20 just fights just people do you have just... any scars from these days i do i have a scar from an ice pick that i got stabbed with an what? ice pick in my back dude you, you never mentioned this yeah. this is good. amazing it was excellent and then uh we had a, a breakdance crew called the port city breakers <laughs> we were break dancers as well we did everything in the 80s the 80s was great why are we talking about me? This is supposed <laughs> to be about Jane. This is the most Riley. fascinating thing. I'm going to have to agree right now. This is. Did you wear like a certain color, bandana? Yeah, how did you. How were did you, you guys wear like really cool. We had these. Uh, 
Remember airbrushed like t-shirts and stuff like the oh, yeah. unfortunately yeah yeah the ones we they had, do in the mall yeah we had airbrushed tank tops and they were red and they had the casual crew we had uh, like trucker style hats and we wore them like sideways and like to the back oh my god is this big trouble in little China and we had uh, we would have this big C on both sides like CC for casual crew and then your name your tag name would be in the middle so my my name was C. Brian C. is what it said on my hat. It says C. Brian C. So we're obviously doing retro craft conversation and shirts. It's, and it's funny because Sean Bennett, it's, it, I remember this to this day, he was big friends with my brother at the time. So he would always just call me C. Brian C. That was my name when, whenever Sean would see me. To he, clarify, he Sean Bennett, the rep, what is it? Yeah, the senator. senator. He's, he was not in the casual crew. No, he was not in the casual crew. But... They did have their own little group called the uh, Phi Kappa Dappas oh, at Stahl High School. Yeah, they had this little sorority, or not sorority, fraternity type name that they made up in high school called the, called the Phi Kappa Dappas. And I can't remember what Sean's name was, but my brother's yeah. name is Bruce, and his uh, Phi Kappa Dappa, Phi Kappa Dappa name was, so was Bruno. His name was Bruno. Oh my gosh, thing. which I'm sure you felt great when the movie Bruno came out. Uh, probably not. That was a long time after that. Bruno. But, uh, I mean, this was, this was like 84 or something that they had this thing going on. Can I ask a question? <laughs> sure. Please tell me you have photos. I something, do not. I, I mean, probably I somewhere. I've probably got some kind of photo somewhere. But I humbly request that you pull some out. And my my father episode. had uh, newspaper articles of you know <clears throat> news blotters that you know we had gotten in trouble or gunfight broke out at so and so high school with um, DBL and casual crew. I he mean, kept it was, like a scrapbook. Yeah, he had a little scrapbook. He was proud of this. I don't know if he was proud of it. I think he was just keeping track and wow, keeping mm. whatever. But I can honestly <laughs> say I've never met. A local person that was so deeply involved in a gang. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that wholeheartedly. <clears throat> it was a good time. How do you feel? You warm? Cool? I'm always cold. Okay? I, feel, I feel good. Temperature's good? Always cold. Okay. Just making sure. Caleb needs a blanket. Well, I do have one, but we have partition. Oh my God. That's adorable. Thank you. How are you talking about I got that when I was like 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma made it for me. Oh, grandmas are the best. The gang. Yeah, what were we talking about a gang? I don't know how that came up. I'm I'm glad. I'm, however we got there, I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I like that too. <sighs> Those are good times. Robin I was sort of looking about I, I wrote one book <clears throat> back in uh, 2006. Seven, I think I, I produced that book and I w- my next book was going to be about the casual crew actually I was going to write about it and I never got around to it I wrote the first paragraph at one point mm-hmm. and I never so got we're going to release the paragraph oh my god we should have him reading it and we'll record it I mean it was like five lines or something just the beginning of even better just the in case crew it sucks can you interpretive do some interpretive movement I like, I like that. that like do st- dramatic reading no. Can you reenact how you got stabbed with an ice pick? Please. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't remember what, what street it was on, but we were we were having a big gang fight. Um, As you do in yeah. middle school. Um, outsider style in Pepper Hill neighborhood on, I think it was Stony Brook Avenue. Uh, we just had a big fight, like 10 on 10 or 15 on 15. Just people just There's no just way I could have done it. that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely zero. Was, I was too nervous and shy to even go into a sandbox that was full of toys with other kids in it to go grab toys. It's <laughs> like, no, I don't want those toys. There's other kids looking at me. Yeah, that sounds like my son. He's two. And when we go to a park, I tell him we're going to go. 
he says, okay, mama, but no people there, no people there, no kids there. And right. I have to, I have to talk to him about how other people are not, you know, the worst thing in the world to encounter. It's, it's okay. It's yeah. weird, but I understand that completely. And <laughs> <laughs> when I worked at Coastal, every time that doorbell would ring, when someone would walk in, like a little part of me would be like, oh, no. <laughs> oh God, no people. Um, my middle school years were not anything like yours. Um, I was a super nerd. I had a bowl cut. It was bad. Where right. are you from? Are you from here originally? I am. I'm from. I'm from Somerville. I, I, I was born in Augusta, uh, Georgia, North Augusta, South Carolina. You know, it's right on the border. So, um, get it mixed up. But don't mind me. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this was my dream the other night. I told it was him I had a dream. dream. I know, I know. I told him I had a dream about the podcast, and you just weren't not loud enough. But I it keep was horrible podcast oh, because God. we couldn't hear you at Why all. Why would you say the word horrible? Horrible. It, right now, I were but recording. That was a dream. That's not. That's not it's real. not real. It's Listen not to how loud I am. I'm in the real, red. Now we're cognizant of it. So. Yes, I will be more cognizant. <clears throat> that's okay. I can just turn you up. That's oh. See. You're right in the sweet spot. Go ahead. Uh, I'm right in the sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, the sweet spot. Well, now we know how to open the video. All right. So sorry for interrupting. Oh, it's okay. Uh, yes, I was, I was, uh, I was born in Augusta. I lived there for a couple of years, and then uh, my parents moved down here. I lived in North Charleston. Um, probably witnessed some gang fights over there. Uh, <laughs> Where in North Charleston? Uh, Archdale, off of Dorchester. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A good um, friend of mine lived over there. Yeah, it was cool. And then we moved up to Charlotte for my middle school school years, and then I moved back. And then upon graduating high school and college, um, I moved up to Vermont for a couple of years, and then I moved back. And so I can't get away, but it's not a bad thing at this point. How beautiful is Vermont? Yeah, so I thought they had the same thing. Um, I, I, I am just so in love with Vermont. I, it's, it's. It's just a really special place. I mean, there's a reason everybody loves it. Right. And Isn't was, that the one that's for... No, that's Virginia. That's for lovers. Vermont and Virginia are really different places. Oh. <laughs> but Virginia is the one that's for lovers, <laughs> Yeah, right? you're right. Okay, so... Yeah. Vermont is the one that... Uh, it seems like this hidden secret of the U.S. I mean, there's just not... There's not as many people as you would expect to be in a place like that. Um, and maybe it's the winters, uh, but as long as you kind of embrace the winter and say hey winter i'm gonna enjoy you i think you can have a great time because then you have summers that are like 78 degrees every single day and right um it's a cool place yeah I've, same thing as i was in anchorage alaska for six and a half years and same thing as long as you knew how to get out and enjoy the winters you know they were nine months long or maybe 10 months some some years as long as you got out and enjoyed it you didn't get so depressed and just kind of sit inside and just do yeah. nothing all winter if you got out and did cross-country skiing or you got out and snowshoed or just hiked or skied downhill yeah. skiing whatever you had a good time but if you sat inside you were depressed and it just sucked ass and it was not good at all yeah and then my... we had two months of summer same thing about 70 maybe close to 80 degrees but that sounds awesome my roommate had um what is it? it's the sad disorder seasonal affective right. disorder um I, I don't know if i'm saying that right but no you're right that's it uh so I guess you don't say sad disorder because <clears throat> it's like saying ATM machine. Yeah. He had sad. sad. That sounds yeah, even weirder. 
but he had one of those those light boxes that you had to, he had to <clears> sit in front of a couple hours a day or just have it on while he was working or something because other it it, art, it gave the artificial sunlight his he couldn't handle the fact yeah, that there was happy lights I think right yeah. yeah and and I I mean it definitely helped but uh, getting outside also helped so hmm. <laughs> did that sometimes we too. just fill our studio with those happy Maybe. lights everywhere lights, but. But yeah, Alaska was totally yeah. different than Vermont because during the wintertime you had, in, in Anchorage, you had about 20 hours of darkness. I mean, you had four hours of light, which wasn't even full sunlight. It was like a, like when the sun's setting on the horizon, you just have that like dusk mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Four hours of like dusk. There was no bright sunlight. That sounds um, pretty cool though. It was cool. And then it was just the opposite. In the summertime, you had 20 hours of sunlight and maybe four hours of dusk, so... It was just reversed. Now, do, do you see the Northern Lights mm-hmm. in Anchorage? Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Not as not as great, greatly, I guess, as other parts of Alaska where it was darker. I mean, the city, you know, lights kind of distort mm-hmm. that Northern Light, light pollution uh, essence. But <clears throat> I remember one time I was coming, up, coming back from Iraq. I was stationed in Iraq, and I was coming back, flying into Anchorage at nighttime in uh, September of uh, 2006, and the pilot came on the intercom and said, hey, if you look out your left window, you can see the northern lights. And it was just wow, that's cool. no distortion, no city lights, nothing to distract from. And it was just this aura wow. of lights just out the, the airplane as we were coming back in. It was fantastic. Did everyone run to one side and the whole plane just... Yeah, like, yeah. Just <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how that is for <laughs> the physics of the plane. Into the ocean. Yeah. All right, well, before we get too far... <laughs> we're getting too far. First, we need to introduce our guests. <clears throat> right. Oh, yeah. I've already forgot. Jana. No. Jana. 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 I guess I don't know that I answered your question earlier. Maybe I did. Um, Yeah, so just say Anna, but put a J in front of it. Or say the name Jan and put an A at the end of it. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So Jana. Yeah. Yeah. Author, writer for uh, three different magazines, right? Yeah. The Azalea, the Palmetto, and Mm -hmm. the Augustine. The New Augustine. Yep. I also. Is it uh, called the New Augustine? Yeah, it's called the New Augustine magazine. What happened to the old Augustine? I, uh, was it good enough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a you know it was a creative choice. I think uh, there was something called the I, I forget kind of why we got to that, but um, part of it is is understanding that Augusta is actually just becoming this really booming place. I mean, it's it's people don't realize how cool Augusta is. I didn't, and my grandparents lived there. I grew up going there all the time, but um, it's a cool place. And so I think harnessing that in the name and saying, you know, it's the new Augusta, and here's the new Augustine magazine. That's awesome. That's I think really cool I think spot. that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I'm yeah. just giving you everything. It was. No, I like I've it only been there a couple of times, but it's been a long, long time. I mean, like mid-90s probably since I've been there. So I need to get back and see what they've done with the place. But One cool thing, if I may, <clears throat> is that the whole cybersecurity uh, training center of all of the military units, are, uh, all branches of the military, is going to be located in Augusta. They're putting, I want to say, billions of dollars into it. It's Whoa. It's this huge project. And so, I mean, housing is being purchased. When we started a couple of years ago, you could go downtown and there were, I mean, there were just these amazing, they've, they've got such cool architecture there because for years, people from all different countries have been coming for the masters. And so then they stay and they build houses that reminded them of their home in Spain. And so you've got like all these different kinds of architecture there. Right. And for just three years ago, you could go in there and buy something ridiculous for 
like amazing for a hundred thousand dollars or something right downtown mm. and now you see everything's being bought up and it's definitely destined to be at least the next greenville or something but probably something even cooler they've got a great art scene too hmm. good music i can see that now you mentioned the uh, masters that makes sense i mean it's probably grown just leaps and bounds because of that yeah there's that a lot of money there probably doubled that um, video you posted of uh, that I filmed with Satan, the Ants. Yeah, that was in Augusta. Yeah. It was in Augusta. It was the only time I've ever been there. It was dark when I got there, but the architecture is the one thing that I've noticed was amazing. Like all the buildings were super cool. Yeah, they've got cool old signage too everywhere. Like they've, you know, the old laundromat signs and um, just really, just really interesting stuff they've kind of preserved throughout the years, and they've got a lot of history as well so we're contracted to do a magazine there uh and it's been a really cool experience cause so you get to travel up there a lot we do it uh, i think two times a year and they you know they put us up in a hotel and they give us kind of a schedule of here are the people you're interviewing and we can we can say you know suggestions of what we think but we we kind of nine o'clock we visit this guy who just learned how to um who just started carving for the first time and he's like amazing at it or you know 10 o'clock maybe 11 we'll go to the art museum and you know talk to the the curator there so it's just a day of learning about people's passions and um then we do it the next day too so yeah it's cool it's a it's a really creative and inspiring weekend every single time the idea would something that would be great is if we could take that same model and do it anywhere else they want us to come because that's that's my goal in life is to be paid to travel and write about it yeah. so this is one step in that direction for Sounds sure like it. yeah awesome. so is that is that called a travel writer or just travel blogger i mean what is what would the title of that be uh i i think that would be a travel writer um because i would want to be in magazines okay. i i know that one of the best ways to get started is to have a travel blog i haven't done that because everybody has a blog mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i almost wonder if where i'm at now with just hundreds and hundreds of articles under my belt at this point if blogging is kind of unnecessary to get um you know make my resume seem valid and i might be that might be <clears throat> arrogant of me but i just kind of have this portfolio already so i kind of feel like i, could, I don't need a blog to establish that i write right. i could just say here's you know here's this pile yeah, <laughs> so I think we'll it- see more impressive that you actually have published yeah exactly i mean a blog anyone can write and some people have great blogs like don't get me wrong i'm not trying to crap on anyone's blog but you don't have to you don't have to get hired for that position you don't have to prove yourself worthy to write i guess yeah yeah and it's a i mean i don't know I kind of say, you know who wants to read my musings on life at a I, i don't know i I, I, it's, it's a big enough deal for me to post stuff on Instagram and be like, look at my life. It's interesting. Is it? I don't know. I mean, we're sitting here talking to you, so it That's is true. <laughs> here I am. Well, let's have some drinks and then yeah, we'll get back to, um, to where you started as far as writing, blogging, whatever the case may be. But let's, uh, let's open something to drink. All right. What do you think? I'm always ready <clears throat> to drink. So t- today we're going to do something different, right? We're going to do some, uh, kombucha. Instead of uh, craft, we got some craft beer as well, but we're going to do some kombucha from uh, Coastal Coffee Roasters. Yeah. And oh, where'd you go? Hey, where'd I go? I'm in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Soaking all of the cameras. 
But I wanted right. to taste it because I don't make it anymore at Coaster. Right. Well, I thought we'd just all taste it in this oh, one glass. I cool. mean, she'll get a full glass and then we can just have a little sip of it or whatever. Well, you said you weren't going to, but so. Let's do it. I'll taste a little bit of it. Oh, so, we're going to film it this way. Do you want to explain this since you used to make this mm-hmm. stuff? I'm curious. I don't even know how it's made. Coastal coffee really? Mm-hmm. I, um, I know something about a mother. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> you. Now I'm going to describe the way I made it when I was there. You're going to make a, we did a concentrated tea. So we added a crap ton of tea, had it sit in water for almost an hour. So it got really bitter. It was green tea, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it got really intense. And then you filter out the tea leaves and you take the tea, you mix it with sugar. And then you add the SCOBY, which is a symbiotic colony of biotic yeast. Don't quote me on that, okay. but it's pretty close. It's pretty close. The words and, seem right. And what it, I mean, it's just like your average yeast. It's going to ferment, and it's going to eat the sugars that are in the tea, and it's going to give it a, like a vinegary, but a effervescent type of mm. taste. And you can add like fruits to it for like a second fermentation if you want to do that. But I know the one thing that is different with this is you want to have it open. So we would put a coffee filter on top so that nothing like falls in and mm-hmm. contaminates it because it get it can get moldy fast. But, I mean, it just you just feed it like once a week or so with a little bit more sugar and keep the yeast going as long as you want it to continue to ferment. It gets more and more powerful. But it helps with the probiotics and, you know, like your stomach and your gut. It gives mm-hmm. you a lot of good nutrients. Basically, the same thing as like yogurt okay. or anything like that. And then because it does ferment, it produces just a tiny bit of alcohol, but it's, it's like not just very trace amount. Point zero something. Yeah. It's, not, it's even, not like you even have to have an ID for it or anything. But. There is literally no harm. Like a kid can drink it. And right. Wouldn't even get warm. Yeah. I, actually, I don't know that either. So don't. <laughs> and then, like you said, a probiotic effect. So it's good for the gut bacteria, yeah. the gut flora to try and um, get that going. So I know you had mentioned a juice cleanse or something right? yes. that you were going to be starting yes. here today or shortly. So yes. this would be good this for morning. that to rebuild the gut flora and uh, try and get things going well. Have you had kombucha before? Yes. Okay, good. Because it's a huge hit or miss if people like it or not. So, right. so at we least got thir- you know what you're walking into. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we got 32 ounces of this stuff. So how much would you like? Uh, like, like a half a, a glass? Half, yeah. Okay. Half would be good. What's you- the flavor of this? Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's, <clears throat> I used to do a bunch of... Um, it's just green tea, right? It's okay. Just- yeah, I think it's just green tea. Cause we used to add like fruits and stuff. And then we ended up having like a ridiculous stock of random flavors. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, I think Brad just wanted to cut it back to the basics mm-hmm. for a while. Right. So they they craft this themselves. So, you know, it That's fits cool. with the craft conversation. Thanks. Yeah, um, the, the mother has been there. Oh, I'll explain that. So you'll have a yeast. And it's almost like a patty. And it feels like a stingray. You know where you think it's going to be slimy, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like rough textured. Same situation. And it floats on the top. And as it ferments and eats the sugar... It just continues to grow and it can get pretty thick and what it does is it creates like a child and the mother's on top or a child's on bottom so you can separate then you have two okay so every time you make a new batch you get an extra scoby and it's kind of the same thing so like you can have a mother that will continue to make more and more scobies <clears throat> and we sell them or they sell them at coastal so you can make one at home if you want all you need is tea and sugar okay. yeah it's pretty nasty i mean <laughs> It doesn't it's, look. It, it's awesome. nasty looking when when you're making this thing, but I mean, this is kind of what. It. Yeah, this is kind of what a, a scoby looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a 
a weird, crazy looking thing. I don't know. It's that was like playing with those were my children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the wording of it is a little, a little strange. Yeah. So. We had one that I just kept going like crazy. It was probably an inch and a half thick, and I think I called it Kim Kardashian for how fat it was. <laughs> Well, we don't. It's thick, right? With yeah, like a thick. bunch of seeds. That's right. Yeah. P H A T. Thick. Yeah. Yeah, it was fat. It was fun. T H I C C C C C. At least five. Thick. <laughs> All right, let's taste it. All right. Let's taste it. Let's see how well Dan's been doing. What do we do? We want to toast anything? No. Too late. Ooh, very vinegary. Dan ruined it. <laughs> so sorry. You ready? You going in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, what do you think? I like it. It tastes like it reminds me of apple cider vinegar. It does. I was gonna say the same thing. It's got a lot of sugar. Still. I mean, it's definitely carbonated versus apple cider vinegar. A little bit, tiny bit. It's like a sweet a carbonated sweeter. apple cider vinegar drink. Yeah. But I like it. It's it's weird enough. <laughs> it is good. It is, and it's good for you. It's good for you. I heard a rumor that up to sixteen ounces. After that, your body is going to process it like anything else. <clears throat> so I guess there's a limit to the benefits. Oh, okay. And I if mean, that's, that's probably... not true, we'll all just yell at Richard Mallet. <laughs> that man knows what he's talking about. So. That's what I thought, too. So I trust him. But that's yes. good. Definitely. I wish is they that, would do a black tea Is that on one. par with what you used to brew? I don't think mine was that sweet. You call it brewing? It's not called brewing, right? Steeping? Fermenting? Fermenting. Creating? All right. I could drink this. What would you call uh, Dr. Frankenstein? I guess you would call him a doctor. No, what was he? Do? I guess he'd be creating life. Yeah, he'd be called a doctor. He's Dr. Frankenstein. Whatever, fuck it. <laughs> Screw you guys. So, <laughs> how did you get started writing? I mean, where did your writing career begin? Uh, you know, I went to school for... I went to school for at Gardner Webb University, a very small uh, private Christian school upstate, and I went to school for marketing. Um, just really tried to make things as broad as possible. It was actually communications with a with an mm-hmm. emphasis in marketing, and I wrote a lot for my classes. Um, but then I don't know. I guess I haven't been asked that question before. Um, Okay, so in between my junior and senior year in college, I had always wanted to live in Vermont. Um, and it was just something, I had I had gone to a wedding there once. And so I posted on the Vermont Craigslist, I'm looking for a job. Also, I need a place to stay. Also, I've never been to Vermont outside of a wedding. <laughs> and that is, that is prime, um, I don't know, young 20s ignorance. But a woman saw it. And she said, come work at my wedding magazine and stay in my house and I'll pay you. You can be an intern and I'll also pay you and you can have a place to live. And of course, my father was like, I am going with you to meet this <laughs> psychopath. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and we did. So my dad and I, we flew up there and we um, we might have dr- driven up there now that I think of it. But anyway, we uh, we met her and. She seemed like a decent person. Her mom worked with her. She ran four different magazines outside of out of Vermont, and um, so I did. I started working with her, and in that job, I did a lot of writing. 
Um, and then after I, I went back for senior year and then afterward I moved back up to Vermont and continued working for her. Um, and then that all like went down in a pile of flames, but pile of flames. I think it works. Ball of flames. I don't. I mean, know. if you have more than one flame, that could just be a pile of them. Right. <laughs> I think I don't think that's how it works, but we'll go with it. Um, but then it I works. yeah, but then I came down, and I met the um, the owners of Azalea Magazine, and it needed some editing for sure. Um, it's obviously a beautiful magazine, um, really well done, but they just needed an editor at the time, and so. Um, kind of pitched myself and I edited one and they gave me a chance and then they just kept giving me more chances and now I write about five articles per issue um and then you know then we moved on to South Carolina magazine with Palmetto and then to Augusta magazine and so for each one I do about five articles which is about a third of the articles I would say in each magazine so it's a pretty big chunk but okay yeah and that comes out um quarterly I don't uh, Azalea. I want to say Azalea comes out quarterly it's and quarterly. Palmetto comes out um, uh, biannually. Right. So Azalea is like a spring, fall, winter, y- yeah, whatever. That one definitely is. Um, and then Palmetto, yeah, it's that one comes out twice a year and then Augusta comes out twice a year. So okay. I have not, I don't think I've picked up a Palmetto. <clears throat> yeah, they're cool. I actually wrote the editor's letter in the last issue of Palmetto oh, and it felt like such a big deal. <laughs> Um, my editor, That's like the first page you turn to. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, that kind of teases the things within the magazine. And, um, of course, I called out my articles hardcore. I mean, I think anybody would. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was a good time. Azalea is one of my all-time favorite magazines ever. What, just the design to the content, the picture. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Right, yeah, we talked about that one day. The texture. We talked about it when Dan was on. Oh, I love it you so know, much. I think if... I think what happened with Azalea is that a lot of times writers start magazines and writers aren't necessarily good graphically or visually um, and they can be but not all the time Um, so Will and Dottie Rizzo they're a married couple they actually started Azalea Will is a graphic designer he's a branding expert he's really good at all that and Dottie is an amazing photographer so they they're, neither of them claim to be writers, and so they they make the magazine visually gorgeous and then hire writers. And I think that model is is what makes it work because you know a lot of times when you when you have a writer, like if I were to, st- it just wouldn't mm-hmm. it wouldn't be on that caliber. Well, everyone's so. playing their strengths. Yeah. So that, yeah. And it comes out beautifully. Yeah, it's a good setup. I'm proud to be a part of it for sure. And you started with them when? Do you remember? Um, 2012, I okay. think. Yeah, Dan and I were married <clears throat> twenty eleven and yeah, so it's been yeah, it's been it's been seven no six years. Yeah. What years? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Twenty eighteen. You're always doing math on the show. Man, math is every episode. Part of everyday life. But usually just simple <laughs> additions and It is my worst subject. Oh, for sure. I cannot stand math. I mean, I can do it. I do fairly well at it, but I don't like it. I hate it, especially algebra, more so than math, I guess. But Do you run into algebraic equations often in your daily <laughs> All life? All the time. Every yeah. hour of every day. I wouldn't know how to even recognize one at this point. I don't either. <clears throat> I'm sure we do them when we're trying to figure things out, but we don't realize it's algebra. Right. Um, oh it's, it's not fun at all. I never thought about that. <laughs> what math, math have I been time? doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm worse at, math or geography. 
neither of those are my strong suit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm artistic all the way. That's well, where my brain sits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's clear. I used to be really bad at geography. I, I remember back in um, high school, I had a map. And just for fun one day, I tried to write. I wish I could find it now because I tried to write where each um, state was and like what I thought each state was. And uh, that was a cluster. Uh, that was bad. That was a bad, bad news. Me right now. Uh, it was like, I know California is here and <laughs> I know like New York is in this vicinity and South Carolina and Florida are here in Texas. Texas, everybody's got Texas. But then everything <laughs> else was horrible. And now at this point, I visited 45 states and driving through them, you get a sense of where they are. Oh, yeah, we talked about that the other night. Yeah, she's done a, quite a bit. She's done more than me, I think, actually. I, but I, I have no idea. I'm up there pretty far in the 30s. Maybe I've gotten into the 40s. I told least, you you should you should you should check them off. It's it's fun to know the number. Well, I've done that thing on Facebook where you list how many states you've been to, but I can't remember what it was. It was well worth your time. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at it, but I think it's been quite a few. I'm getting ready to knock Colorado off in two days. Oh, so you haven't been to Colorado? No, never been there. Oh, that's so I'm cool. Going what are you going to do while you're there? I'll be there tomorrow evening. What are you doing while you're there? <laughs> You already know this. Well, no, she just asked. You I that. mean, are you going? What I'm doing? Yeah, I'm meeting my uh, oldest son there. I was supposed to meet both my sons there. We we're going to we were going to do a Spartan race this Saturday. Right. In okay. Fort Carson, Colorado. See, I know this too. Did you say work? <clears throat> well, my youngest son backed out. He had some other obligations. He said he just couldn't make it. So it's just going to be me and my older son now. Um, it's not like a team thing. You don't need a certain amount of members. Well, we started a team called Miyagi-Do, which is based off of the Karate Kid, uh, yeah. Mr. Miyagi. So we started a team, and it was uh, myself, Brian, Alec, and then he was going to invite some more, or they were going to invite some more of their friends. We were going to all sign up. Nobody wanted to sign up because it was just too far to go and money, blah, blah, blah. So just the three of us signed up, and then, uh, like I said, my youngest son backed out, so now it's just me and my oldest son. Uh, we're going to meet up. Uh, early Thursday, I'll, I'll get there tomorrow evening and then we're going to meet up early Thursday morning and we're going to go brewery hopping and do some, some brewery tours cool. and we're going to do some remote podcasting uh, <clears throat> with him as my co-host and we're going to hit some breweries and try and talk to some brewers and some talk about beer or whatever. I don't know. When's we'll the race? Is it on Friday? No, the race is on Saturday. So oh, okay. got, we'll do this on Thursday. Yeah, Friday we'll kind of take a little break and relax and then Saturday we'll run the race um, and whatever, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a good time. I don't see how it could go wrong. This would be probably our 12th or 13th Spartan race. Holy shit. We've done, we try and do a different location every year, so we're trying to hit different states and yeah. knock states off of our list. And So we don't do the same course every time. So we've done, uh, we've done Washington, we've done Nevada, we've done Arizona, we've done California, we've done Utah, we've done South Carolina, Georgia, now we're doing Colorado, so we're just trying to knock off good, a bunch of Those are some states. good states. Yeah. We're having a good time I've, with it. Yeah, I've got good memories in all those places. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it's a good time. We're going to have a good time. It's tart. It is a little tart. It's a little sweet. You know, it is. It reminds me a little bit of some sour beer. True. Which is ironic, because that's what we have. Yeah, that's what we're going to drink ourselves. here in a second. <laughs> yeah. But. So, Spartan Race, you're not just running. There are obstacles. Yeah, this is called the this one is called a Spartan Super. There's three different distances or three main distances for the the general public. There's a Spartan Sprint, which is three plus miles and like twenty obstacles or so. There's a Spartan Super, which is eight plus miles, 
excuse me, so it might be anywhere between like eight and 10 miles. You don't know till you get there and, and see the course. And it's 25 plus obstacles. And then the Spartan Beast is 12 plus miles and 30 plus obstacles. And speaking of Vermont, there's one I'm looking at doing in Vermont in September that is called a Spartan Ultra Beast, which is 30 plus miles and 60 plus obstacles. So it's over marathon distance and a shit ton of obstacles. And it's at uh, Killington mm-hmm. uh, Ski Resort up there in Vermont. Cool. It's, it's on the ski resort, actually. What right time on. of year is it? September. Oh, my God. You have to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's like everything is alive in color. I know. But it's <clears throat> it's a, it's literally a beast. I mean, it's called the Ultra Beast. It's, you can do it. It's fine. I don't know. So I'm thinking about it, but I can't get anybody to go with me, so I'm not sure if I want to go by myself or not and do it. But... I'll go with you. I'm just not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely hit your ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll t- we'll, we'll hang out while you are out there dying. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a thought, maybe. I was thinking, because my birthday's in September, so I was thinking about doing it kind of as a birthday thing. But... When's your birthday? September 4th. Um, the 12th. The 12th? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's about when the race is, actually, so mid-September sometime. There you go. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's cool. Um, yeah. But more, I've done all the other distances, so that would be the next step. Is, yeah. You know, it sounds like you know what you need to do here. Yeah. Just <laughs> sign up for it and train it. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of travel, money. I don't know. Yeah, but the experience. I know. What else are you we'll spending s- money on besides experiences? Nothing. Yes. Kombucha. <laughs> Beer. Which is it's turning into an experience. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Here we go. But speaking of an experience, you know, we got... Um, Dan's wife here, you know, we had mentioned one episode that, uh, if you were ever indisposed or you weren't able to do it, I was going to have Dan on as a guest host. Yeah. And then I started piecing it together. I said, man, you know what? The other day we had Clayton Lewis on and Clayton Lewis was talking about, he just got a job with Cumulus Radio. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, man, I got an, I got a, a guy that's got the inside scoop at Cumulus Radio. I got Dan, that's a great guy. He's got a great voice. He'd be good. So I think Dan and I are going to start our own morning radio show for Cumulus Radio. Called Brian and Dan in the morning. Well, cool. Good luck with that. So now you're <laughs> never awake in the morning. That'd be a little side project. Well, maybe we'll do an evening show. Okay. Whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be good. I've been thinking a lot about this. I'll start my own called Craft Conversations. <laughs> Craft Conversations 2. No, the same thing. The same? Just replace Brian. Yeah. Oh, can I be your co-host? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Where were you going you got with it figured this? out, Brian. Because you started with Dan's wife, and then you went on a tangent about replacing me. I don't know. I was just saying. I just thought about Dan. I am Dan's wife. I'm, I'm known as Are that you? around town. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's cool, though, because he's a he's a guy that you're proud to be his wife. I mean, you guys guy. wouldn't know, but... Does he ever I, get Jano's husband? I don't think so. I, I think he's the more like locally known of the two, um, but I, I'm fine with it. But sometimes, you know, I'm like, I have a name. <laughs> have you ever written a about person. him? No, I feel like that would be um, a conflict of interest. Although, I did, um, I did put his Knightsville Porch Jam. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. That we're he's trying. No, to yeah, we're trying to go May 13th, and yeah. he still has not texted me back. Who, Dan? Yeah. Oh, a whole week and a half. Oh, he's going to feel so bad when he hears that. Um, I'll remind him tonight. He, yeah, he just, he kind of had this idea to do the, this p- 
porch jam this music bring musicians together and and most of these people are not people who tend to have gigs around town and not for any other reason um than they're just not that kind of musician but they're these talented talented people some of some of them do play gigs but a lot of them are just talented people who are caught up with life and they have all these responsibilities and stuff and they have these talents within them that they never really get out and so then they get on stage and they just kill it I mean they're so good and so he's figured out this really cool model that's basically and other people do it too but it's basically an open mic but you have to sign up for it so he knows you're definitely going to come and so he's got these big lists of people who come and play you sign up ahead of time yeah and so people don't just come and and play um but if he called it an open mic I feel like he wouldn't have 16 musicians on the stage or whatever. Maybe you'd only or have a couple many people showing up. Yeah. That's what I mean. Or maybe too many. Um, so it, it works out. And anyway, all that to say, um, in the newest issue of, uh, Azalea, the one that's just, that's about to come out soon. Um, I think June 1st, that one, I, I slid in kind of a mention about the Knightsville porch jam. And so, <laughs> um, you know, I haven't written about him, but, there's a there's a what to do in the summer kind of thing and I was like catch a live music show and then you know I put the big ones and then I was like or come out to Knightsville you know know, represent and all that right so speaking of that so you said you write like what five articles for each each one of those magazines pretty much right Mm -hmm. what do you normally write about I mean do you have a style that you a thing that you write about all the time or is it just random stuff Uh, well what it ends up usually being is like I said before, it's it's someone who has devoted their life to something. It's people and their passions. And um, so I've written about a lot of artists, um, a lot of people who have started a lot of conservation kind of projects. Um, and, and then there's the location-based stuff. Like, um, you know, I wrote about Caleb at Homegrown Brewhouse when he first... Um, when he first opened it, that kind of thing where there's, where there's people doing something interesting in the community, you know, here locally or, or beyond. And, um, right. We talked about that magazine the other night, right? That was the one sitting on his, yeah. In, in yeah. The, uh, whatever. Yeah. And his, it's like a bookshelf <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, it definitely varies, but I would say the, the overarching theme is just, Hey, tell me about this really cool thing. You know, you're a jewelry designer that just started making stuff in the, you know, back of your basement or something like that. And now they're selling, you know, in Belk or something like that. Ooh. So, um, yeah, Belk. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Do those still exist? I don't know. I know. That's uh, too. They're, they're probably on their way out. They but. existed when my mom was shopping for clothes. I remember Belk Swell hanging out in the little, you know, clothes racks and stuff. Right. Yeah. Because you can hide in the middle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there were four of us, so we were always messing around. So oh, my mom used to go to Hamrick's. Do you remember Hamrick's? On, I do. Um, it Because that was close to where you where you lived. Um, it was the worst, the absolute worst. Did not expect For a that. child, I think. Um, I don't know. It was like take all the worst elements of, I don't know, every thrift store. And um, it wasn't a thrift store, but like. Uh, Wait, yeah, is that re- the one that was across from like Frankie's? Yeah. Uh, it that. was like a mix between TJ Maxx right, and like Marshall's, Marshall's. Goodwill. yeah, um, with like flickering fluorescent lighting and kids shoeless and crying all the time. I mean, that's what I remember. I don't know. I was also seven at the time, but I just remember my mom wanted to spend 
just hours there, and it was oh. miserable. We said four of you, so yeah, all girls. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the. I'm uh the third. So oh. my parents had this great idea too to give us all, J L names, and so my sister is my oldest sister is Jamie Lee, and my next one is Jennifer Lynn, and they both live in Nashville. And then there's Jana Lavon, because it was again the '80s, um, and much like LaFonda, I guess. And then <laughs> Je- too close, right? And then Jesse Lane is my little sister, and so my my little sister and I live here in Somerville, and the other two live in Nashville. Yeah, it's a it's a name. The only my, one that kind of rings to me is Jamie Lee. Is that after Jamie Lee Curtis? No, but I can Halloween? I can assure you that you're not the first that's asked that. Really? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, well, you know, my parents say that it's not, but who knows? You know, maybe they regret it and they just right. say no. Of course not. Yeah, I mean that was definitely in that time frame. My sister's sure. middle name is definitely the <clears throat> first name of my dad's longtime ex girlfriend. So that's the. That's the one that gets more press in our family. Like, not Jamie Lee. We're just we're kind of over that. But we're still kind of like, why did you name? He, he dated one girl, seriously, whose yeah. name happened to be Lynn. And then they named my sister Jennifer Lynn. I don't know. It's, hmm. And the world will never know. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dad, poor guy, he, you know, it was all girls. And then the first two grandchildren were both females. Uh-huh. And um, so... My I had my sister had a son and then I had a son and he's just I mean he loves all of them of course but you can when my son asks to see the cars at my dad's <laughs> shop he gets so excited he's like yes I will show you cars finally I'm somebody who cares about cars yeah yeah it's it's cool awesome. I was happy to finally give him one of those those boy things <laughs> just went to the store and picked one up and like, here you go this is for you <laughs> basically. Do you want more kombucha? Uh, you know, I'm good. Okay. I don't know how my body's going to react with all that vinegar. That's a lot of, I mean, it was. That's not actually vinegar. It's not. No, it's just okay. tea. It feels, uh, if it's different than anything I ever drink. So I kind of want to see how it, you know, settles. That's understandable. I'll give you that much. Yeah. I mean, it's doing <laughs> We're stuff. We're interested to see how it settles. <laughs> I mean, it's doing something <laughs> because that's the whole point of kombucha. Right. It's, yeah. I'm all for healthy, you know, healthy exercises. And that's what I'm doing right now. You mentioned the juice fast, juice cleanse or whatever. Right. Um, In the literature about the juice, they call it a juice cleanse, but that just sounds like I'm on the toilet like all the time. Right. That's not what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's really just I haven't eaten in 24 hours. And that it's more about, uh, I, I, sometimes I just need to, do something that I told myself mentally, like, oh, I could never do that. And so Dan will go days without eating. And I'm just like, oh, more power to you. I'm eating because I love to eat. Um, but it's kind of cool to prove that your mind doesn't always know the the best thing. Yeah. And that's something that's taken me a long time to realize that if I think it, it doesn't mean, necessarily mean it's true. And that's such a basic part of life, but your brain can really trick you a lot and so it can be as simple as I could never go a day without eating and then just be like haha brain you don't know what's going on and so I feel I feel pretty powerful right now right on. Yeah. I, good job how many hours so far what are we at uh 24 nice <laughs> yeah. you made full 24 yeah and and you know you feel good right yeah I feel great 
um, been drinking these juices and they're cold pressed from somebody here locally. Um, and it's, it's working out. Yeah. I, and I'm going to go another day. I was about to ask how yeah. long you're going to push it. Yeah. But, but it helps reset too, I think the, and that's why Dan does it sometimes. Cause you get in these habits of just kind of, my habit is I'll, I'll eat my kids like food when they're done with it. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it just gives your body a break. I mean, it gives yeah. your digest- digestive system a break to just kind of relax and do its thing and all your bodily functions can kind of do other stuff and yeah. recycle some cells and things like that. But yeah, what I was saying was in the literature, there's a lot of, a lot of notes about, you know, it definitely flushes out the toxins <clears throat> and it gets the toxin and there's a lot of pseudosciency kind of language in there. And so I'm not, I'm not expecting to lose 10 pounds in two days, you know, nothing, it's mm. nothing like that. It's, it's like what you said, just kind of resetting. So, mm. you know, hopefully I don't die. I don't think I will. No, no. I, <laughs> I thought I might when I started, but we're good now. No, I don't think so. So how long did it take to get, I guess the, there was obviously you said you thought you were going to die at some point. Yeah. So it got really bad at one point. What was um, the roughest point of that? Lunchtime? Was it no, early afternoon? Honestly, the roughest point was just, and this is such a cop out answer, but just the be, like choosing to start. Like, no, you know, that's that's usually when I go to the gym, that's always the hardest part. It's just getting out that door. And then it's all just kind of, it's fine mm-hmm. once you just decide that that's going to be the thing. But um, if I had thought about it, I wouldn't have chosen to start it on this day because. Um, you know, you guys had to go out of your way to get a juice based or no, whatever. No, we didn't go out of our way at all. No. Yeah, he okay. works there. That's yeah. true. I don't feel bad anymore. Just went over there and got it. There yeah. was a moment today where I was so <laughs> foggy. Paid for it, oh. So you owe me $16. Yeah, I was going to say, was it $16? Yeah. I didn't know that kombucha was. I guess it makes sense. It's handcrafted. No shade on Coastal. <laughs> we'll write it off. Screw it. Right? Did yeah. you keep the receipt? Do no. you take cards? I did not. What's that? Do you have you're like a square reader? You're, you're definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd like to think this is worth $16 an hour or whatever it is. I hope so. I know. I feel like you get paid more than that. I should be. <laughs> you owe me some money. That's right. Oh, no. We got a check for you. <laughs> we do? We we do? No, we don't have a check at all. We have... Hey, maybe some point we will. I don't know. So, I mean, you're not going to write for these three magazines forever. I mean, what do you, what are your aspirations? What do you want to do from here? I mean, do you have goals as far as a writer? Or yeah. You want to do something else? Yeah, it's funny you should ask that because in two weeks I am going to um, New York City to to take part in the um, Association for Journalists and um, Authors and AS Associ- for journalists and authors. <laughs> American Society of Journalists and Authors. There we go. Um, I've only recently joined this this group, as you can tell. Um, but they, yeah, it's a, it's all about nonfiction writing, which is actually kind of a very specific. Uh, Any time I've ever tried to get advice from writing groups and everything, it's just it's so very different from fiction writing. Um, writing about other people and writing about true events that have happened. There's just a whole, you know just a, it's a whole new world to deal with um excuse me so yeah going to the conference in two weeks and i'm hoping that it will help me kind of understand how to freelance better because yeah i've, I've written i think the number is well over 200 um articles and 
and they've all been published and that's all well and good, but it's all in three magazines, you know? So for validation as a writer, I think I need to be in Southwest magazine up in the air, or, you know, something um, other than, and I, and not to say that I'm not, you know, grateful and happy where I'm at, but um, I also just kind of want, want that validation. And I want to, I also just want to want my words further than here Heck also yeah. don't judge me on ri- my writing based on how i speak i write 50 percent better than i speak at right. the very least i go into interviews and i go just don't worry about this <laughs> it'll come out better um right. but yeah so really ultimate goal um dan and i have talked about this since we got married it's really what we connected over um is i don't know if he mentioned he has he did he has two kids that are um 12 and 14 right now and then we have our own two and four year old. And so when the two kids who live nearby, the two older ones turn 18, um, we will then, and they're, they're moving and stuff they have plans to, we will then take the RV that we will buy within the la- next year or so and travel around the country, road school our kids. And, um, that's why I need to be able to freelance so I can, so I can, um, pay for <laughs> gas and such things. Right. So, um, a lot of times when I mention that, people go, okay, great idea. Uh, because it's kind <laughs> of a, it's one of those things, of course, everybody wants to get an RV and travel across the country. I mean, most people do, I would think. Um, but because we set this kind of intention or goal uh, seven years ago, we've been, every major decision we make is kind of aimed at that goal. That's awesome. And so, yeah, so we've got, I think, four and a half years. What My younger son, is, or my... Older stepson is 12. He'll be 13 this year. So like five, yeah, five years this year. So that'll be exciting. Then eventually we'll, we'll find a place that we want to live. But, um, ultimate goal is to be able to give my husband a break and pay for things that need to be paid for while he can just freaking rest because he's one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life, supporting two families and owning his own business and somehow getting time to play music like that i don't know how it happens but right so yeah but freelance is not is not really a lucrative business so i need to get real good at it real fast yeah so we'll see thank you it's very exciting thanks it's very exciting we're we're getting our what we really want to do is a pull behind travel trailer because then you can kind of park it and then have your car to drive around um with an rv yeah if your engine breaks down your house is broken down think about that yeah um there's a lot of families doing it too so all the resources for road schooling and stuff i mean i wouldn't be teaching like i said i suck at math so uh, we would you know we would work it out so that they would get you know they'd be in a co-op online or you know we'd there's there's just all these different resources that it doesn't have to be me pretending like i can teach children um and it doesn't have to be a really bad curriculum like you can get a really good education and our whole goal is making sure our kids are exposed to everything and people and that's so. like a better cure a better system than like a public school i mean granted you get a lot of different aspects of life in a public school but i mean you if get, you're traveling around that's totally different yeah that's, yeah. that's a Super lot education. of exposure that's well you get involved in gangs when you're in public schools <laughs> that's what i've heard <laughs> That's a good um, point. That's solid. Yeah, well, you know, we've do done that. something. We hosted, we use Airbnb a lot. And um, uh, we have so many Airbnb visits on my profile. I'm proud of every single one because every single one was an, was a choice not to stay in kind of a 
a sterile hotel and instead kind of stay like a local. Um, and so we used to actually host for Airbnb too when our kids, when my daughter was young. And we had people from all over the world. It was kind of like reverse traveling because they would come to us. So we'd have people from China who didn't speak a word of English staying in our house for Whoa. a couple of days or Germany. We had Afghanistan. We had, um, you know, all different Russia. There was a girl from Russia who had some really strange views on um, the world, but and everybody we kind of sat down and, and talked with and, um, and our kids, the, my stepkids were kind of older at the time enough to be able to really absorb what, you know, these different perspectives and stuff. And, I just thought that was so cool. Like I, we want to continue doing it. Our kids are kind of a handful right now. So it's a weird time to, you know, sorry if my son's banging a pot at three in the morning, (laughs) he's not, but you know, similar things have happened. So once things settle and they get a little older, we'll do it again because I mean, it's only cool experiences from my perspective. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, that exposes them to a lot of stuff that uh, most kids don't get exposed to. Like my sister-in-law, my younger brother's ex, uh, ex ex-wife, she host, uh, she's hosted three or four other people now from uh, foreign exchange students that come to uh, Pinewood uh, school out there. So she's hosted somebody from China, two people from China, uh, one from Spain, and I think uh, one from France or Italy or something like that. And I mean, their daughter is getting all this exposure mm-hmm. to foreign languages and yeah. different cultures and all this kind of stuff that most kids don't get exposed to. I mean, all they see is just the South right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that quote from Mark, Mark Twain about you know how travel definitely makes sure that you can't be ignorant or prejudiced or anything. The more you travel, the less... Um, prejudiced you can be it's the best way to um, do that yeah I remember a time when we had a girl from Afghan uh, no she was from Iraq she was a girl from Iraq and a girl from Central America and a girl from Russia and a boy from like Africa or something all staying in our house at the same time and Mm -hmm. and I say girls and boys they were they were like 18 or 19 and they were just kind of crossing paths with someone and really getting to know them right as they're like embarking on their life and stuff. It's kind of a cool experience. I think it's a, it's in a way a gift. And so it was really just where else do you get the opportunity to just start to, I mean, we were talking about political issues and, you know, social issues and everybody came at it from a completely different perspective. And it was really cool. It's, it's definitely something I recommend. <clears throat> and we made money we didn't make much money because it was like a house in Goose Creek and it was the back bedroom i mean it was we charged like 50 dollars a night but i almost felt like we should have done it for free because right we yeah were getting i thought about doing it. it here if i had a bathroom up here in this in this above the garage area i probably would have done it a long time ago but there's just no facilities up here so it's kind of weird they'd have I to go downstairs and share it but that looks like it could fit a porta potty so whoa yeah <laughs> a very important sense i've heard that the carpet wall is but there is a little closet area up there that i want to convert into like at least a half bath you know with the a toilet and a sink or something but i think that'd be great one day i don't know hmm. but i understand what you're talking about like i think we both can relate to that doing this mm-hmm. i mean i like i said i was really shy growing up i did not like talking to people and i avoided talking to most people my entire life i had a thing when i was little that i said i do not like you do not look at me i am not your friend Oh jeez! Yeah, that was me. For like, how old were you? And I was like, I said in the game, four. Okay. 
And I mean, I kind of just kept that mentality growing up my entire life. I was introduced as the kid that this is Caleb, man, a few words, and I would not say hi to whoever I was being introduced, and I would just wave at them. See, that's not your reputation now. Well, not now. So what happened? Oh, man. What did happen? (laughs) My older brother is very extroverted. Very extroverted. Okay. And I think through hanging out with him, because he kind of is so extroverted that he doesn't understand, well, he does now, but he didn't understand then that when he was acting a fool and just kind of throwing everyone else in the spotlight, that to him it was just nothing. But to us, it was like, oh, shit, what the fuck am I going to do now? And so I think he kind of broke me out of that shell a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then you know through other experiences of life and having to warp my brain around looking at things differently i realized that a lot of things that i was afraid of is the exact answer of how not to be afraid of it okay so i eventually had to learn to just to walk into the fire and realize that it wasn't on fire in the first place yeah that's yeah. cool so i now i'm just trying to do as many things as i possibly can because it makes me have less anxiety in the long run yeah any way to cope, right? Right, yeah. But I enjoy having conversations now. I think drinking with Brian... Oh, that sounds terrible. I think <laughs> going out and having a good time with Brian... <laughs> well, that sounds terrible, too. There's no good way to phrase that. We all know what you mean. Right, yeah. Anyways, you just kind of fall into conversations. Mm-hmm. And being introverted most of my life... I feel like I'm in the middle now, but you have a lot of conversations in your head. And... Uh, I still do to this day, like 90% of the time I'm talking to myself and just constantly going mm-hmm. in like crazy directions and I'll warp back around. And so you get a lot of deep thoughts, I think, when you're really turning an idea or a subject around in your brain for such a long time. And it was nice because he kind of thinks in kind of the same way, but he had different perspective than I did. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was in a gang, so... Yeah, um, he's coming from a completely different place. <laughs> so it was cool. Episode. Like, when we would sit down and talk, the conversation would flow naturally. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was, it was easy to kind of, like, open up more to discussing other things with other people. Yeah. In the sense, like I said, you know, it's, you stop being afraid of doing something. Do it more often. Yeah, I respect that a lot. Yeah, you should. This became all about you. I'm sorry. I think I think it's been a it's been a healthy mix of. <laughs> so too. It usually is, honestly. I'm happy to not be on the spot. I'm I'm fine with sharing this. Are you? <laughs> Actually, I was wondering about that when we first started because she asked some great questions and I was like, she, she fucking interviews people for <clears throat> half her job is right. interviewing people. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. So. When you sit down with somebody for the magazine, I mean, what's your what's your style? I mean, do you interview? Do you have questions written down? Do you have a voice recorder, a notebook, a video camera? I mean, how do you, what's your style? How do you do it? Did we talk about this the other day? A little bit? We did, a little bit. Okay. I, I forget if I, if because I, I, I feel like I just well, I think you. I think you brought it up, but I don't know if we discussed it okay. per se, but. Yeah. Um, you know. I do some research and um, kind of get some base questions for people that I'm really nervous will be very, uh, not official, but businesslike and kind of straightforward with everything. And especially when it's something that has a lot of factual evidence. 
or factual information that I need to make sure to get right. I'll have um, really specific questions written down, but uh, otherwise I kind of just, if there's something that I'm, if I'm looking up, up all their stuff and I, and I have a question that comes to my mind, that becomes, you know, the question I, uh, cause I try to look at it from the reader's perspective, but for most people I don't have, tell me where, you know, give me X, Y, Z. It's, it's not very, because I feel like that can be disingenuous to kind of look down at a piece of paper and just read out exactly what you're trying to say. And, um, it can, it can make people, my whole goal and and I I feel like you guys can relate with this because it's kind of disarming people to get to where you can just have this kind of laid-back conversation and all too often I have people who are just so concerned about well don't put that in there don't put that in there oh please you know I didn't say that right and and I just always tell them you know I'm here to make you look good (laughs) or not (laughs) Azalea is not this 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 publication that gives these like wild exposés on all the dirty things going on (laughs) behind the scenes in Somerville. You know, it's, it's not that at all. If you've ever looked at it, it's very positive and uplifting and uh, cheerful. And um, so, yeah, uh, most of the time I, you know, I, I, it varies. I have the voice recorder, I have my laptop um, and I have a notepad and I think I was telling you this the other day. I always choose one based on what I think. And sometimes two. Um, and I feel like often I choose the wrong one. And I, you know, I'll, I'll interview using a laptop and, I, and the story's so engaging that I can't type fast enough. And I wish that I had recorded it, but my recorder's in the car. And um, so even after all this time, I'm still, I'm still making mistakes. There's no one way that's perfect because with a voice recorder, you have to go back and listen to the whole thing. And I want to make sure I got every word right. So I, what I do if I voice record is then listen to the recording and type every word that was said. And that's not efficient. Um, and it's not ideal. And I don't think it's recommended by most writers, but I get the, I just, it's important to me that every word is right. Um, even though I take liberties when quoting people sometimes, because I can know that what they we're trying to say, and maybe they worded it a little bit weirdly. And so I, I clean it up for them. And, um, but when I'm, when I'm transcribing, it has to be right. And then the notepad is just, I can't read. Half what about stuff, like, right? um, <laughs> you know, like that dictation software, like dragon speak and those type things. I was thinking about that, that too. Yeah. What is that? Well, it would record and dictate at the same time. So you have an audio recording, but it would take that audio and dictate it okay. into text. That sounds really cool. Is that not, because when I use voice to text on my phone, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it like it. No, I mean this is used like in doctors' offices and things. I yeah, mean, can, yeah, they they dictate their their notes with their patients and stuff, and it goes right well, into the medical records. I mean, it's supposed to be better than Siri and all these other. I mean, I would hope things, so. But, yeah, because sometimes I'll I'll say something and that it's not it's oh, not right. We do it all Siri's the time. The worst, actually, my phone probably does. No, it didn't. It always does that. If you say Siri out loud, that's creepy. Oh, yeah. His no, phone cuts on all the time. It's when I yell at Brian. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's something unnerving about that. It is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell I taped up my computer. Uh, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess it's not surprising to hear that this software exists. I've definitely had the thought, like, I know this exists. I just I haven't taken the time to really do the research to find that. But um, Dragon Speech... Dragon Speak, I think is what it's okay. called, yeah. Yeah, I think I need to up my game because um, I, I just feel like an amateur sometimes. Like, 
scribbling or that would that would be the best way the best way i've found so far is voice recording having a notebook writing down in shorthand kind of the the gist of what people are saying and then when they say something really great putting you know oh they said something at 44 minutes star or whatever um that would cut down on time that would (laughs) that i'm terrified that i missed that one little nugget of oh i totally understand something um i definitely overthink it a little bit but drag and speak yep documentation productivity driven by voice allows you to work fast and smart okay fast and smart yeah this message not brought to you by dragon speed oh no it's brought to you by it could be we could yeah you should hit him up and tell him pay up (laughs) 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 we write down all these things every time just somebody's going to jump on board eventually and say hey advertise for us yeah we'll get there dragon speak is so great (laughs) it really is i mean i've had i did 21 plus years in the in the air force and i worked in physical and occupational therapy in the hospital the whole time so a lot of my therapist and doctors and everybody else within the hospital that's what they used with dragon speak so it's had some time to so get refined right stuff yeah so it's been around for i don't know how long but since your gang days i mean the first time i remember hearing about it was probably 2005 or six or something it's been around a while okay so it's probably yeah. been perfected and it's for mac and pc i see right here so it's got to be good because no one can even read a doctor's handwriting yeah so the last thing you have is speech yeah yeah, how does that even happen? It's like doctors as a whole don't have decent handwriting. I don't know. Too fast to yeah, probably fast. Right slow. Yeah, just just, just scribbling. You got eight hundred patients. You're in a hurry. Yeah. Have this medicine. You have five minutes. Tell me what's wrong with you. I'll write it down. Yeah. Here's a pill. I've seen these new doctors that um, meet you via Skype and stuff. Have you seen these? No. So. Uh, somebody I know is on an insurance plan that includes X amount of visits with these people. And so it might be unlimited. I, I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, for, for minor things, like I have this rash and it won't go away. What do I do? They can just look at it over Skype and, and then prescribe you something and call it in. And apparently it's legit. Hmm. It sounds wonderful for yeah. those minor things that you just have to go in just to get the prescription for it or whatever, like antibiotics or something like that. Um, you know, you don't really want to be sick in a doctor's office waiting for 30 minutes or more. Um, usually more. (laughs) And there's been stuff like that, you know, nurse advice lines or whatever you call in and just talk to the nurse on the phone, but you're not Skyping and actually looking at an injury or a rash or something like that. But just as far as calling in, that's been around for a while. I've never thought about that either. The Skype thing. Yeah. As someone who does not have health insurance, I do not think about this thing. <laughs> yeah, the people that I know that have it, um, it's they don't have it through a job or anything. It's They didn't have health insurance, and this was an inexpensive option. Oh, snap. You don't need insurance to do this. I th- yeah, I think this kind of this was the insurance that they signed up for. And oh, then I see it, what you're saying. And then it has that as a... Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how all that works. I don't either. I don't, I don't understand anything related to insurance and all that kind of stuff i just they're always like this is your copay and i i barely understand what that means and i i just i've gotten this far in life and i just don't really care to go too deep in it anymore and i know that's that's lame i was gonna say that's the spirit i just (laughs) i just you know i'm just like just tell me what i need to do and i don't know there's only so much that i can really care about and that's not one of those things right way far down on the list 
totally understand that. I feel like most people are a little confused by insurance. Like Oh, 100%. Yeah. Not a little. Yeah, I mean, it's just bananas, the whole, the whole Why thing. Why do you think I don't have it? Because I cannot figure out how to get it without lopping off half my body to pay for it. Yeah, and then, you know, my husband owns his own business, and so there's a lot of trying to figure that out, too, because we've got, like, kids over here and kids over there. It's just a whole thing. we got kids running all around Somerville. <laughs> Lots of them. So, anyway. <laughs> Lots of them. Uh, it, so it would seem. Yeah. When I went to pick up my juices last night, the woman who met me in the Target parking lot, which sounds sketchy, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is like a program, like a juice company? Yeah, she, she and her husband make it, and they're the most beautiful people you've ever seen. Like, their skin is amazing, and their hair is amazing, and everything's amazing. He's like linebacker, tall, broad, and everything, and they eat almost all raw vegan food. So I'm like, I'll have what you're having. Just like, dump it in me. Um <laughs> But yeah, so they, I think she makes it out of her home. And then I met them at the vegan festival last, um, last Saturday. And, um, yeah, so she met up with me, but, but when I was waiting in the parking lot, she came up and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Have you been waiting long? And I said, I got to listen to my own music instead of Aladdin (laughs) book on tape for, or CD, I guess for the 10th time today, you know, you can be as late as you want because we have a hundred kids. And it's nice to just get away for a couple minutes. Yeah, I bet so. Especially the own music thing. That's a bit like today I tried to get my son to listen to Logic, which is probably not a very great thing for a two-year-old to listen I to. I disagree. That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> and he doesn't know the, you know, the which language. Uh, what? Bobby Tarantino too? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that all time? Yeah. I think Contra, is that on that? That's yeah. one of my favorites. Um <clears throat> will not say the words here but you know he's not listening and so i tried to get him to listen to the beat of that song and i was like let mom and listen to one just one song and then we'll listen to your songs and um he just kind of complained for long enough that i was like okay let's put it on and so we went from amazing music to a song about going potty mm-hmm. and it was just like dee, 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 dee. like it was too perky and everything and i just sat there <laughs> defeated so like somehow this two-year-old and he's just dancing in the back seat just managed to make me not even be able to enjoy one song but he's really cute so she get little earbuds put it <laughs> right and they're like fine yeah <laughs> in one ear but i don't want to listen to your music See, anyway. that might be the best idea ever i i, I yeah I always feel weird when I see people with earbuds in while they're driving, though. You yeah, know? but you can't see your your hair covers it up. Yeah, you're right. You no one would even know. You wouldn't even know. And I wouldn't even hear you if you're honking at me. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. I mean, I've got one, and people barely see it in my ear, and I don't have any hair to cover it up. But, I mean, it's like, you know, this big. It's just kind of, it's like a Secret Service earbud or something. It's, I wear it work all day. Yeah, I rarely see it. Yeah. I'm like talking to him and all of a sudden he just pokes his ear. Like, what? Yeah, pause it. I push the button and pause my, pause my music. What? Well, everybody music? comes up and talks to me. Yeah, it's Bluetooth. It's just, not like a Bluetooth like headset for a phone? No. no. It's just literally like this big yeah. and, it's, and it just sticks I'll, in your ear. I'll get it during the break. We'll take a look at it. Bluetooth phone headsets just, they upset me a little bit. Really? A little bit, really? yeah. Like, like the whole like... Yeah, like when somebody, thing. I just, it's kind of like, you know, I don't have my phone here, but... It's kind of like if you walked up to somebody, like when somebody's wearing one and you see them in public, it's like if they were holding their phone up to their head, you know, right, you it's know. just, it's disarming because you're like, are you on the phone? I feel like, 
And then there's those moments where you're walking down, you know, uh, somewhere and somebody just starts talking right. and you start answering them and then they're, they're, they look at you like you're the idiot and they're like, they've got this tiny little thing on their ear. I just, I just don't like them. I, I there's something about them that just like yeah. makes me feel like they're breaking some sort of social rules that I'm, I'm not, I'm not okay with. Oh, my favorite is when someone does that and tries to order like a coffee. So that does happen because you oh, see it in yeah. movies and TV yeah. shows and all stuff. the time. They'll just be talking and not even looking at you, and then also I'm like, "Yeah, I want, I want a frappuccino," and then they just look away <laughs> and start talking again. And you're like, "Can I ask you a question?" And then they stop talking. Like, are you listening to them? Yeah. Talking? Can I talk to you now? Yeah. Okay. See. Yeah. I mean, that's like, why we got that sign up at all the counters now. You know, please, no cell phones at the counter, whatever. No. Oh, at Coastal. Everywhere. I mean, you see it all the time now. Do people so say, sign. I want, like, is that how a lot of people order? Or give me a, like that? Um, I get a lot of give me's. Or do most people, I or in I my guess. head, most people say, like, may I please have it? Or could I please get a, or a, a polite thing? That's not the majority. Yeah. I'm an idealist. So. Well, yes and no. It's about 50-50 okay. in my opinion. I mean, I get a lot of really nice people that continue to have, like, a conversation the entire time and mm-hmm. make their drink. And this one, I work in the coffee part. Um, but then there's others, like I said, that won't even acknowledge you and don't even look at you when they order. I'm like, all right, cool. You're a terrible person. <laughs> that makes me sad for that. Yeah, I was a I was a server for a while, and I back in the day at Perkins Restaurant on Trolley Road. Oh, yes. yeah, throwing it way back, and um, also at uh, Charleston Crab House, where Zaxby or not Zaxby's. Um, what's the Kickin' Chicken is now? That used to be a Charleston oh my Crab gosh, House. That, yeah, oh God. yeah. I gained so much weight that year because the, all the food was like behind the kitchen window, but right in the front, like where the salad bar was, I should say by the salad bar, there was the basket of hush puppies mm. and they would just knock them out like every couple of minutes and they were honey, like something hush puppies. And so what every server would do would walk through, we'd walk through the kitchen to go put it in order and we'd pick up one up and like eat it and then walk back through and like maybe pick another one up and eat it. And so the whole shift we were just eating hush puppies. And then I got to the Mm -hmm. end of that job and I just kind of looked down and went, oh, there are consequences. (laughs) (laughs) I found the hush puppies. Yeah. My brother worked at a Chili's and said he did the same thing with chicken tenders. They would just have like a bowl of chicken tenders and the servers walk by and is always eatable. I forgot about the chicken tenders. That was a thing too. He gained a lot of weight working there too. Yeah, it takes a it takes a strong person because there's so much food kicking around those restaurants just not being eaten and um, you have to kind of say no, I'm not going to eat that. But yeah, I mean, I work in the kitchen at Coastal a lot, and all day long the chef is is in there saying, "Hey, taste this uh, soup, taste this uh, hummus that I just made, or taste this and that." Yeah, I'm tasting everything all day long. It's constantly eating. And, and a lot of and times I'm like Joan or whoever it is. I'm, I'm fasting. I'm sorry. I'm not tasting any of your stuff. So a lot of times I'm fasting and I don't taste anything. So but... you do fast too, but oh, you just absolutely. don't eat. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Yeah. I, I intermittent fast pretty much every day for 16 to 18 hours. Okay. Yeah. I eat maybe one meal a day, sometimes two. Okay. I've heard inter- intermittent fasting is the way to go. It is. I mean, that's the way we our ancestors kind of grew up. We feast and we fast. We feast and we fast. Mm-hmm. We feast and we fast. I think I unintentionally do it because I'll eat, you know, dinner and then I just don't feel like eating until the next like midday. And I think that technically counts as a intermittent fast. I've never done it 
you know, looking at the time. I feel like if I looked at the time, it would make it difficult or something. Right. I mean, most times if you just skip breakfast, you're going to be in that sweet spot of the 14 to 18 hour fasting window. You know, if you stop eating at six, seven o'clock at night and you skip breakfast the next morning and you just go to lunch, then you've done intermittent fasting. Yeah. It's really tragic that in this country breakfast, I mean, it's not tragic. That's a big word for this, but Hmm. it's a, it's a little confusing that in this country, um, breakfast is, you know, it's gotta be like pancakes with like <clears throat> multiple kinds of meat and just all this and lots of sugar and, and car, like lo- load up on the carbs and the sugar and the, you know, the meat as well. First thing in the morning. And a lot of people think that you kind of have to have that or you can't start your day. Right. And I mean, um, literally the name is break fast. I mean, you're breaking your fast breakfast. Yeah. I mean, that's what that means. So I've gotten to the point where if I have a heavy meal, a meal in the morning, it's just, I'm upset, you know, and I used to love it, but now the the best thing I can have is like a smoothie or something. It feels right. Good well, all the, the cereal day. companies and everybody else wants you to think that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They want mm-hmm. you to eat and buy their cereals and buy their muffins and buy their cream cheese and their it's a conspiracy eggs and orange juice or whatever. It is. <laughs> no, I, mean, I agree. There's a lot of yeah, those the food in the food companies industry. Benefit from you eating. They want you to eat constantly. Oh, we could go on this all day because there are a lot of conspiracies in the food industry and. I've watched enough Netflix documentaries to know. (laughs) (laughs) But you're vegan, right? Is vegan, vegetarian? I mean, what's, I don't know what all the terms are, but do you you consider yourself? Okay. I consider myself a vegan. Um, A a vegan person, I would say, and, and, you know, anytime you identify yourself, there's people who are like, that's not exactly what it is. But um, what I, and I think most vegans would say is that we avoid animal products of any kind, um, as much as possible. And so that, uh, vegan really comes down to a lifestyle. It's not wearing fur or leather, although these are leather boots and they're my favorite boots. And I bought them well before I was vegan and I don't know what to do ethically. So I'm just going to keep wearing them until I figure it out. Um, <laughs> Support that decision. Because if I throw it away, then, uh, you know, the cow died for, you know, no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, although a couple of years of really enjoying them, but I mean, hopefully someone ate the meat and it's, some of it got they didn't but um, <laughs> no. I mean maybe they did but there's so much waste um, in the agricultural industry but um, I won't go too hard on that but yeah so it's vegan is just so you don't eat it's really the most strict kind of vegetarian and so then you have the plant-based eaters and those people it might not be the lifestyle it might just be the food that they eat um, and you know in terms of the environmental impact of animal agriculture and factory farming, it's, it's pretty big. So anything that you can do to eat a little less meat, especially that factory farm meat, which is like 98% of meat, mm-hmm. um, you know, is awesome for that. And then, you know, I believe it's better for my body. And then I really like animals. And that was the thing. My daughter, that's what started me because my, we'd play with these like little cows and chicken and the toys. And then I'd say the cow goes moo and the chicken says, you know, bok bok or whatever. And then I'd be like, eat this chicken. And it just felt, I, I it felt a little weird. And that kind of led me down a path. And then I think one Netflix documentary turn, turned me <laughs> in. It really did because the footage and everything. I was like, okay, never again. And, pr- and prior to this, people think, people have different uh, expectations or they, they think they know who I've always been. But prior to this, I loved steak and I still I smell a steak and I'm like, man, that smells good. Like, it's not that you just all of a sudden want salad forever. I mean, it's not like that. Um, but it's just, you know, you weigh the reasons why you went down a certain path against 
making your taste buds feel good for right contributing to something that you don't want to yeah be a part of yeah, yeah. and right. and a lot of people have the perspective that vegans are judgy and every vegan almost every vegan at this point was not a vegan before and i think some forget that but most are like hey you know whatever whatever everybody's choice it's like religion in my opinion um not to say veganism is a religion but your personal choices on how you take care of your body is just that it's personal so i don't judge people it's if somebody's eating like a rack of ribs wrapped in bacon with like you know hamburger meat on top that sounds horrible um does it it sounds delicious yeah with hamburger meat on top it sounded good maybe until the hamburger meat but maybe i'm wrong um i don't know how that would it wouldn't it would just be a pile of meat it would it'd be hard to eat you know i would just kind of be like man do you need that um heart disease and everything but uh but yeah but i i try not to be you know to each his own and all that it's did you hear about the canadian guy at a restaurant called antler those crazy like extremist vegans mm-hmm. outside screaming murder the dude like shoots his own deer like they're grace fed and he cleans them and everything is used see that you know i think that's in a perfect world, if we eat animals, I mm-hmm. think, you know, raising them and slaughtering them and having your chickens and having them. And that's how it used to be. And we'd eat meat like once a week. And that was that was meat was a special thing. But I think we've gotten to this point in society where a breakfast plate might have three different kinds of meat on it and, and dairy and all this kind of stuff, too. And then, you know, every meal has one or more versions of meat. And I just think health wise, it's not the best for our body. And then, you know, all these other reasons. But what that guy is doing that's that's the sustainable kind of agriculture right. it's the best case scenario yeah and you know so i don't know I, I, I can't i avoid the videos on netflix because yeah that's i don't know, how I, 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 I don't think i could watch i don't think i get through an entire one yeah that would destroy me They're i mean upsetting. i don't think it would prevent me from eating meat but i would think about it and uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're they're upsetting. I mean, factory farming is a is a beast. It's not a good thing. But um, yeah, and those extremists, like you mentioned, there's so many of those on every. There's extremist conservatives and extremist liberals and extremist extremist people fighting for, you know, uh, civil rights for people of color. And there's you know extremist vegans and there's so many extremist people out there. And it's so unfortunate how all of those groups get labeled by the people who are the loudest and the most obnoxious. So you see one person say something stupid on Twitter and everybody's like, well, that's what a fill in the blank is like. And right, right, yeah. it's kind of a the scourge of our society right now. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know either. I don't think anybody does. I, I mean, think everybody right just being... Seven billion people, you know, like you said, screaming and, and having a voice that everybody else just get kind of, gets kind of lost. Right? I think the best thing that we can do, and this is what you're doing as part of it, is just be open and genuine with each other and just be honest about your opinions and you know not that your opinions completely matter all the time but um i think the more people are just genuine and open-hearted the you know that's the best that we can do and that sounds very idealistic i I understand that. that but um the the best we can do is just sit down and have conversations you know because the more we sit behind our computer we were talking about this the other day and just like type our stuff and and get in our echo chambers and just mm-hmm. feel like we everybody agrees with me you know that's that's where things get dangerous so just talk to each other i yeah. could 
that's it's as simple as that. It's not going to fix the world, that's for sure. But it could it, well, could, I mean, it could it could help. I mean, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But uh, over time, you know, the pendulum swings. I mean, it's way over here, and then it's going to eventually come back. And it, it never really kind of sets in the middle. It's always one extreme or the other. But um, over time, it comes back. We get like three good years. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was really friendly for this time, and then we got some crazy people. Yeah. yeah. So there's hope for the future. That's good. I mean, I also like the idea of focusing more on your on yourself. Like you said before, like your goal or whatever is just to improve your own life and whatnot. I think the more people are trying to push their crazy ass views on everyone else, and that right. is an issue. Where if you just everybody's worried about everybody else. Yeah, I mean, you can you can still put like this podcast, for instance. You can still put stuff out into mm-hmm. the world and share your experiences and thoughts. But at the same time, like you can also focus more on your own life and realize that other people's whatever doesn't most of the time does not directly affect you whatsoever yeah and as a mother that's something i'm really trying to instill in my kids because they are the next generation and they my four-year-old especially is extremely self-centered because that's what happens when you're four you think like the world revolves around you and so there's a lot of lessons going on about um you know the world doesn't revolve around you you are no more important than anybody else Um, you're not like you're special to me, but you're not the most special person in a room full of people. Thanks. Um, and those are, I think those are things that, you know, this gener, my generation, the generation that often gets called, you know, special snowflakes. We think we're so special. I think that's an unexpected thing to do to to our kids. Like, Hey, by the way, you're like, you're just basic, (laughs) you know, to me, you're special, but uh, you know, I think raising your kids thinking that they're just this unicorn, can be dangerous. I love and, that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my kids are, to me, the cutest, freaking, most wonderful, you know, but that's because I, you know, there's some like evolutionary thing inside me that makes <clears> me <throat> do that. So I didn't like eat them. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, but it's so true. Yeah. yeah. So of course I think that, but yeah. Anyway, that, I think that's another important thing to do is, is raise these next kids to not just expect everything to be handed to them and given to them because they're the most amazing you know kid with the weird spelling names and anyway have you heard of the book the subtle art of not giving a fuck mm-hmm. he mentions I that in the book i i've it's only read good. like three pages oh i've listened to the thing like Dude, that's what the i need to do book. yeah it's Dude, great i signed up for audible best choice i've ever made i love that because i can just buy it's books so much and... more convenient I, mean, I like reading i mean i still want to read because it's it's good for you it's educational it's it helps with a bunch of different things but uh audible is so great what's that so well said yeah i know i didn't say much at all right there but audible is yeah. really great too you know? right <laughs> i mean it really is so very uh time efficient it is yeah like i it. actually have an audible su- subscription as well nice. and um yeah i got stuff for myself i got like these frozen um you know the movie frozen like a hundred stories from the movie frozen so when i'm just in the car and i just don't want to engage about you know whatever i sound like a terrible mother. characters they just the they're like little stories everything? i no, it's oh, okay but they're just these little stories and so i just put them on and the kids can the kids can enjoy you know that so i didn't know that that was an option on audible so if parents are listening that's also a great thing because it is the adult stuff but then there's also the little kid stuff and that's that's helpful 
I think every parent listening is going to understand where you're coming from. <laughs> it's yeah. just nonstop. There's also a lot of podcasts that are great for kids. There's one um, called Circle Round, and uh, not I have no affiliation with this, but it's kind of cool because they take these folk tales from all over the world and then do this kind of like dramatic reading of them um, with. Um, I think that's the one where celebrities, yeah, like Tony Hale from um, Arrested Development, Buster mm-hmm. from Arrested Development, Veep, he was on that too. He's one of the funniest He's people so I've funny. ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, he read one the other day, and so it's kind of cool for parents because you recognize those, and then it's cool for everybody because you hear these folk tales that are traditional folk tales from around the world, um, but told, you know. Circle round? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know if that's like uncouth to plug a different podcast. But oh, no, it gets people not. on the pl- podcast platform. One love, you know. Yeah, we we talk about different podcasts all the time. I mean, podcasts. I think it's one of the greatest inventions of the, the past ten years or so. Really, I agree. Right? They're very educational, and, and you can get any topic that you want. Whatever your interest is, there's something out there for you for it's, sure. It's really incredible. There's no excuse to be um, uneducated at this point, and education can come from anything we were talking about youtube the other day i mean there's all these uh like i think harvard maybe yale offers online courses for free a certain amount of them and um there's so yeah there's so many free options out there to sit in your home and not learn if you've got the time i mean you can just i i, I just daydream about the kind of the kind of things I could learn if I, I mean, we all do if we go, if we only had a little bit more time. Unlimited time. Oh, it's too much. I mean, I've got probably 15 podcasts on my phone and I just can't listen to them all. Yeah. But they're all fantastic. I was about to say, you sound so sad, but that's so exciting. So many options. It is. But yes, again, please. time is a constraint. I mean, you don't have the time to listen to everything. You, you try and get to it and then you just fall behind. That's the way of life, man. Everything's balance. And at the same time, everything is no balance. Oh, you preach to the choir. No, I'm choir. <laughs> you are choir. Do you use Katie. that often? What? That joke? Nope. That's a good one. <laughs> well, usually I get to say preaching to the choir, yeah. which works. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time I've ever got to reverse that. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> well played. I like your cat shirt, by the way. That is a work of art. Thank you. you got like two or three cat shirts, I feel. I wish I had two or three cat shirts. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think I had to get rid of some when I moved in. Just too much stuff. (laughs) So you went with the cat shirts to get rid of? I would. That would have been the first one. Well, they're like stained and dirty, maybe like super old. You know, they smell like you've been wearing them way too long. (laughs) Yeah, like rolling around in a litter box. Anyways, but all the cat shirts I've ever got, I've never paid for. They've always been Christmas gifts. Does Does a specific person give you cat shirts? Mainly my aunt Amy. Oh, shout out so Aunt Amy. The really good cat shirts. And they're always like really creative. They're not just like. She give it to everybody or just you? Just me. I mean, I love cats. I, I will pick a cat I over a dog any day of the so week. so much. I have a cat. His name is Tofu, which should not come as a surprise given our conversations. <laughs> um, I didn't name him, actually. My I was looking for a name and my brother-in-law was like, of course it has to be Tofu. And I just went, okay, well, there's no other options. Um, it could have been Kale. It could have been Kale. I'll just show That's it. all vegans eat. It's just kale. It's only We kale. just shove it in. Um, <laughs> Dan is a kale fanatic. I could I could never <laughs> eat kale the rest of my life, and I'd be fine. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Tofu is the best cat in the entire world. I mean, I'm sure, you know, other Same. cats are cool. Um, but Tofu, 
I got him a year ago and I'm just madly in love with this cat. He's just the coolest freaking thing. When I sleep and I sleep on my side and he puts his body up against mine and like lays flat, like we spoon at night. He's just, and then sometimes stands <laughs> behind me. So it's like three of us just cat spooning. What, what are you writing <laughs> down? down? <laughs> We're picking this out. Yeah. I want you to send me a picture of your cat and we'll throw it up in the video. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. And normally I say I want to do that and then I... Like you do with your voice yeah. recorder, you just yeah, don't we forget about where it. exactly we, that is. Every episode, we say fifteen different things that we're gonna put in the, the, time. the show notes or post a picture or something. We never do. Anymore. I have the perfect picture of Mantofu snuggling yes. too. Perfect. Um, he's cool, although he's been in this habit lately of in the middle of the night, he like tears into the room and like leaps onto the bed and lands on me, and I wake up with a start, <laughs> like what? The? And um, and then but then he's like purring and lays in, and I'm like, okay, you're fine. It's cool. Whitney is a big fan of tofu. Um, Whitney, your former roommate, right? Yeah. 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 And my babysitter, she comes over and chills with tofu all the time. I want to get her on the podcast. She yeah, needs it. That's it. what I said. I said, you need to get that. She's one of the coolest girls I know. I've known her since she was 10, I would say. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I saw all these like iterations of Whitney where she was like this like cheerleader i told her this the other day she was like a cheerleader and then she was like really dread i don't know was she a cheerleader i think she was yeah she was a cheerleader type if she wasn't a cheerleader she was definitely a cheerleader. okay um and then she was like really fashionable like hardcore fashion i remember seeing her being like whoa okay whitney stepped up her fashion game <laughs> and then one day she just came back like the whitney that she is now where she's just so chill puts together these outfits that are just like, yeah, works. Okay. Very Has witty. like tattoos yeah. and just is like the coolest. I could not ask for a better babysitter for my kids. And she's just the chillest. She's just like, stay, go however long you want. And everybody's like, so does Whitney have any free time? And all my <laughs> other parent friends, and I'm like, I don't know. what. Who's Whitney? I don't know. I'm not sharing her information. <laughs> her she is very busy. I've been trying to so meet busy. up and hang out. And I, see, I didn't know she did never get to see her. She works, what, three jobs, right? She, she works the at the Obstinate daughter. daughter and then the tattoo shop, Mystic Tiki. Tiki. And then she's at our house two to three times a week. And she runs a yoga like blog and, and she's page. amazing at it oh my gosh the improvement is incredible i know i always think if i had started when whitney started i wouldn't be where whitney's at but i would be so much better because i remember when when she started and she was you know seeing her improvement it really put into perspective how much i could have improved if not even if i improved half of the amount that she right. has done but it's been really cool to watch her journey from like this is how much i can bend and then all of a sudden she's like yeah, that, I can do double all that. Yeah, yeah, it's hmm. it's really cool. I've been trying to get her to do a YouTube page for like a solid month now, because I want to get into yoga just for the simple fact of stretching makes me feel better in the morning. But yeah. I have no idea what to do, and I hate just going through YouTube. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know if that's going to be good. No, yeah, I don't know about this. And then I'll go to like Whitney's page, and everything's like super fast. Yeah, she does those and speed up videos. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I can't do this as long. How long should I hold it? I don't know. I don't know these things. Yeah. And I, she's been thinking about it. So maybe you should just give her an actual little nudge. Hey, Whitney, do a YouTube video. You know she's listening. She supports everything her friends and family do. <laughs> <laughs> she will be listening. That's not. Yeah, like... eventually. Yeah, we're because we're quasi live right now. But... Quasi live. Your yeah. episode is coming out on May 25th. Okay. Unless we do two a week. 
Look at it. Yeah, quad. It's. Yeah, I keep trying to accelerate it, but he doesn't want it's to. It's like fake live, I guess. I li- we're I live like in the moment. moment. Yeah. That's what we always talk about. Like right now, we're live. But for everybody else, we're quasi live. Oh yeah, we're super far out. It's crazy that like our future selves will be listening to this. Like, right. how are you doing, future self? I don't know. Right? I don't know what's up <laughs> in, on May 25th. <laughs> I mean, the goal is... Give yourself advice. The goal is we'd like to be going live right now, right? I mean, super live. Like, people be listening to it as we record. Is and you could listen goal? to the recorded version as well. But I think the goal is to, to do it live. Yeah. Because the problem we have is we try and promote stuff. You know, like Dan has a show coming up in two weeks or whatever. But his show might not come out for three weeks because we're that far behind as far as releasing videos. Right. So he's promoting something that... We're not even going to get around to promoting because the video is going to be released too far yeah. past that. Yeah, that makes sense. We get so into that with the magazine sometimes too, where people are like, "Hey, something's coming out in the next, coming up in the next month or so," and it's so cool. But by publication time, it's, it does not matter, and it would be worthy of putting into the article. But it's they usually happen at like weird times in between writing the article and the art, the issue going to print. Okay, so right. that's good to know. That Everybody else is having the same yeah, problem. Yeah. Are you I, kidding me? This is not our only problem. Yeah. <laughs> not only True. our problem. Well, you guys are doing great from what I've heard. Well, we get some more episodes in the bank. And, you know, we yeah. can... And we're trying to do some, like, teaser cushion. type stuff. If somebody really has something they want to push out there, we try and make it happen somewhere or another. But Yeah. I'll push out that I'll write for anybody for things. That's my that's my my pitch. Yeah. I'll write for anybody for things. How good of a writer is that? That's good. For That's things. Awesome. Any things that you want me to write. I like writings. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I am writing, I am doing like a little freelance project. So that's, that's been cool. Like I'm writing website copy for a, um, a nonprofit in Augusta and like little things like that I do on the side. And that helps pay the bills. Pay It helps pay for trips to New York City is what it really yeah. Heck yeah. All those things go right into the fun money. So that's always fun. Now, have you always done or are you always going to do just those like short article type stuff for magazines or do you have any aspirations to write a book or a novella or something bigger like that? Um, yeah, I did write this essay called, um, and it, it was published, it was called Making Mem. it was published in Azalea or Palmetto, um, but it was uh, Moonlight Memories, Taking One Last Road Trip with My Grandmother. And, um, it was all about the fact that, um, and this is, this is something, it was more like a memoir, um, type piece. And I would like to write more personal things like that, but, you know, people talk so much about themselves on social media and on their blogs and on everything. There's, (laughs) there's just this idea of like, is it just going to be noise? And I think that's, that's the thing you just have to get past and say, if it's noise, it's noise. You know, putting it out into the world isn't a bad thing. And that's why I do, I, I admire you guys so much for doing this and just setting your minds to it and just going hard on it, like putting your whole selves into this podcast because the fear of, you know, maybe nobody will listen to it. Maybe nobody will read it, you know, is what has held me back and what has held a lot of talented people back. Yeah. Um, so I would like to do more of that because when I wrote about my grandmother, that was when I took a a trip to take my grandmother's ashes to her 50th state. Cause she had hit 49 oh, and then yeah, she died. This, yeah. yeah. She, her whole life wanted to get to 50 states. And, um, I had promised her that I would take her to her 50th state, which was North Dakota. And, um, 
just as soon as she got well and she didn't seem like she was dying it was COPD and she just had like a bad cough and stuff but she ended up in the hospital and she died in her I, I can't say how old she was. I want to say early seventies. It was it was younger than expected. Mm-hmm. So um, I took her ashes to this was last September. I took her ashes to um, to North Dakota, and it was it was a really moving experience. And <laughs> if you don't mind me um, explaining why, um, and when when we were growing up, my my grandmother. Uh, we, she had this thing where the the full moon was her thing you know we would and lots of grandmas have this but she'd say blow kisses to the moon all blow kisses to the moon we're looking at the same moon anytime there's a full moon we're looking at the same moon and all of her her grandchildren great-grandchildren would do it and it would be like okay this is a way we stay connected so I get to North Dakota and I decide on Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt National Park up there and um man I was <laughs> I start, I decide I'm going to take them at night and I start driving this looped road. And I swear to you, like, I did not know it was going to be a full moon that night. Like I had no idea. And I come around this bend and the moon is like, I could touch it. It was right over the hill. It was the most enormous moon I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was, it was just taking up half the sky. It looked like it was crazy. Hmm. And so driving through that park that night, um, the moon just kind of bobbed in and out of sight and kind of followed along. And, and I was able to kind of, um, reflect on my memories with my grandma that I, that I had had. So I'm getting a little emotional. I, know. Um, I was about to ask if it was something to cry. I'm it was kind of amazing because yeah, it was unexpected and it was beautiful. And so of, I, my editor gave me the opportunity to write about that. And then he used, uh, photos of her from her, throughout her life in the spread, and it, it was really, it was really cool. I forget what issue that is. Um, that was in Azalea. Yeah, it was in Azalea. If you type in like uh, "moonlit memories," I wrote it down. Taking one last journey with Did my you? grandmother. Yeah, um, it should, it should come up. Um, and you know, I look back at it and I see a lot of it was, it was, maybe it was two years ago, but I, I look back at it and I see all these. It was two years ago. I see all these things that I could have changed, you know, and. It's not written perfectly in my mind, so I kind of want to rewrite it and publish it somewhere else or something, which I feel like my editors would be fine with. But um, sometimes you just have to kind of put it out there and just let it like walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I unfortunately that's the only like truly moving experience I've had. So maybe maybe I'll wait for something else to happen to me and write about that. Nobody Mm. wants to write about the musing here. Read about the musings of a mother of two sometimes four you know i disagree i'm pretty sure there's a lot of mothers (laughs) that want to read about or listen to that yeah well i have other things going on it's not just the mom thing but um how much of your day do you spend like writing how often do you write i guess so whitney comes over two times a week and those are when those are the times i write um or interview people and then um i also take evenings when my husband comes home and write like two evenings a week so it's it's a really good setup because I get to hang out with my kids and I also get to write and I also get out of the house and meet cool people doing cool things. So, um, it really couldn't be a, a better job. It's, 
I, I feel like I've got a pretty sweet setup. Do you <laughs> write at home or do you go that's, like, that's like at night when Dan comes home, do you just write at home still or do you go um, to... I go do you to have s- a certain spot you go to meet people or do you go to various places? I go there? various places to meet people. I usually We like to go to wherever they do the thing that they do so we can kind of get good photos and, um, you know, all that. Right. Um, They're in their element. They're comfortable right. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I write... I try to write sometimes at home, but my kids think, uh, for better or worse, they think that I'm the greatest thing that has ever walked the planet. <laughs> I feel comfortable saying that because they are so confident in this. Um, poor Dan, because he's actually the greatest thing that's ever walked the planet, in my opinion. But they just don't, they don't, rec- they'll recognize it eventually. Right now, they think I'm the good one, but I'm like, he's so much nicer than I am. Like, he's such a better person, like human inside. But he said that about you. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> he's a better person like I'm not I, I'm not just like being a wife he just the way he approaches people and situations and like his his positivity I'm I'm a little more cynical than he is and um you know he's made me a much better person over the years but um just by watching him but anyway where I forget where I was going from. Well, you're writing oh yeah so when I write at home <laughs> it, they just want to come in and hang out with me the whole time. So most of the time I go to a coffee shop or something because, and then just put headphones on. Which is funny. The other day I was like, I'm not going to go to Starbucks because I know too many people there. I'm going to go to Big B where I know nobody <laughs> and just get this writing done. And then Brian walks in behind me and I was like, all right, I'm not getting any writing done today. But we had a great conversation and then I got yeah. everything I needed to get done, done. And so yeah. you were very respectful of like, you know, the whole work element of things. Oh, and absolutely. Because that's where I go to do my work as well. Yeah. For the most part. But. Yeah. It always, um, it always sucks when you go to work and then you run into somebody and you want to talk to them. You're not trying to be a jerk, but you just have that thing that you need to get done that's why you're there yeah. and so you have to kind of figure out the polite way to i think i said well i'll let you get back to your thing and i'll get <laughs> right. back to my thing and uh it was a mutual understanding of that so. yeah it's good yeah. it's good seeing you good and it was you. kind of weird that you know because i've never we seen just yeah we've never seen each other ever i don't think and then we see each other saturday night and then the very next day yeah. or whatever yeah well know. we probably have seen each other we just probably. didn't know each other was each other if that makes sense yeah were you not at Blackwater the night that they came out? No. I wonder where you were. I've only been out there twice. I feel like our paths no. have always just boop. Yeah, just, just barely missed Or it. no, three times. I've been out there three times. Once with a, an old girlfriend. And uh, That's right. you and Mary were out there at that point on the other side of the concrete. And then the last two times on the, the new side that you're on now. So That's so important. <laughs> the side where my, made all my the tent is on an island yeah it's made all the difference it is an island that. isn't it yeah technically that's cool yeah it's a cool place yeah that was our first time going out there mm. um yeah it was it's it's a nice little location it's a fantastic spot it just needs and a little Dan more plays Dan, on the 12th i don't know he keeps he's i don't know well he was supposed to play well, no on the, the fourth game was on the 13th so the the 11th would be a friday right Oh yeah, so I, I'm not going to let it. He was supposed to yeah. play on the 4th, but I think he got bumped to the right, bumped. But none of it matters because yeah. this is May 25th. That's true. Right now, That's right? right? But either way, I'm excited to see Dan on the day that no one else is going to remember. <laughs> Just <laughs> too late, guys. You future people, go I mean, back in time. I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll advertise that regardless oh, yeah. of when this episode goes out. But. Well, I'm setting up there, so you guys got to come see me anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing I wish Dan had mentioned in his podcast... Um, I listened to it and I just kept waiting for him to say it. 
But like I said to you the other day, he was so humble the whole time. He's like, I'm just a dad who plays the guitar sometimes. But what has happened with Dan is that he stopped playing for years and he's always played, but he stopped playing for years. And then just in the last couple of months, all of a sudden he is practicing every night. He's playing gigs like multiple times a week, sometimes at least multiple times a month. Um, He's going to open mic night and he's written some of his best music he's ever written this year. He's an incredible songwriter. Um, So in in the podcast, it sounded like you even asked him, like, how often does he play gigs? And he said something like, oh, I don't really play that often. You know, he, he yeah. just downplays himself so much. But if you get a chance to see Dan, Dan Riley live, I mean, he's, it's a good show. And and he's, I think he has potential to, to be much greater, especially as a songwriter. Um, that, you know, it's kind of hard to get in the business as a, a singer and, a, you know, but guitarist and everything. And, and even he admits that that's not, that's not his strong suit. His strong suit is, although he's an incredible singer, but his strong suit is the lyrics. So if you get a chance to see him, listen to the words, and they're all just really intense. Oh, yeah, and, and that's a unique thing too, because a lot of times your writers are just writers, mm-hmm. and they're not—they're just behind the scenes. They're, they're writing for other people. They're not performing. So it's very rare to see a singer songwriter. <laughs> mm-hmm out there is successful. I mean, yeah. I think usually it's one or the other, right? Either you're a singer or you're a songwriter. Yeah, and I'm I'm a really for the most part. I'm a really straight up person. Like I try really hard not to give compliments where or or you know criticisms where they're not needed or not completely valid. So then you know that I'm telling the truth all the time. And um so with Dan, you know, I've told him before I I truly believe that he has about five songs that could, mm-hmm. I could see on the radio in a second. Now, some of his songs are not radio worthy. I'm not the wife who's like, every single one of your songs is great. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell him that like, that's a great song to just play for this reason, but it's not, you know, going to, that's not going to be radio worthy when he asks for feedback. Um, but he's got a couple that just need to get in the right hands. And it's like, this is a song that I could see, you know, on a top 40 chart or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We'll see. He just, he, I say, you know, take the time, go out, go do what you need to do. And he, he just feels such a strong responsibility to the family and the kids and everything, but he's, he's starting to, starting to get out there. So. Yeah. Well, good. I love this music. I'm glad to see it. Yeah. I mean, the other night was the first time I've really seen him. I mean, of course he played here for us, but, um, I think that's the first time I've seen him actually out live. And there were some issues that night, um, not with him, but with, with the set. So, um, that it, it'll be it'll always be better than that he, he had a tough night that night so yeah i didn't see any problems but i was kind of preoccupied with some other stuff too but sounded good to me cool. i mean we want to push dan and he played my favorite song like, at all times like hands down one of the nicest guys i've ever met in my yeah we're getting ready to start a radio show together even though brian and dan <laughs> in the morning i think the first time i met dan was when rich and i had our business and we went to go yeah. meet with him like years ago he was stoked about that and meeting. we just sat in his office probably for an extra two hours and we were just talking the entire time and we we're like we have not talked about business yet okay he told you that on the podcast that that's how we so it's a good thing you didn't get married like four months later because <laughs> that's what happened to me it, but he was already married so <laughs> yeah that's i sat in his his office is like you know the twilight zone of falling in love or something or having good conversations at the very least but um, yeah, yeah, that's what happened to us. Oh As, my gosh, was it the same office? At, no, he was down the road. But, okay, because it was tiny. Yeah, well, this one was tiny too. 
but he he tells the story as like he saw me and he couldn't speak and blah blah um and i just think it's because younger women in their 20s don't usually apply for like janitorial jobs and that's the business that he runs so he was just surprised um but (laughs) but i yeah i walked in i was like oh dang okay i'm in trouble like this is just bad like it's good (laughs) but it's bad like i just knew that this man would not be my boss for longer than a minute like there was just this chemistry so um Sounds like you. It sounds like you and Rich picked up on that. Well, there's my song. That's the song. We could, right? That's where that came from, right? Oh, you want to hear about that song? So that's funny. Um, Dan posted that on Facebook. Like, I don't know that he would love me telling this, but it's fine. Well, that's why I heard it. I mean, that's why I requested it. The, yeah, the but he posted that on Facebook. Like, I want to say like three weeks after we met. Ooh. Four weeks after we met, it was really early, and he had not there was this all this tension and this chemistry between us and I was working for him but we weren't acknowledging what was going on and um and then all of a sudden he posts this thing to Facebook that's clearly about (laughs) a relationship that you want to have but you're not going to have it because it's just not a great idea at the time and um and I remember getting on Facebook that night and going oh god (laughs) this this maybe maybe this guy is not I, it was a little much like it, it kind of and I, I messaged him like that's an interesting song there you know <laughs> when, when did you write it and he said oh I just wrote it this week and I was like you definitely should have lied about that dude because <laughs> I'm a little freaked oh out right God. now oh, my yeah goodness. but the whole thing is we could but we won't and then once we like started um, dating uh, and then eventually got not eventually like got married five seconds later um he he changed the last line to or the last we 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 could we will it's gonna be so good and we could or something like that so it had a happy ending that's for sure but it was it had a it had a rough beginning i would say that's a great great song for something for a movie i mean (laughs) to release that it was how did he feel putting that on facebook it was ballsy i mean Sheesh. It was it was very much. I, I mean, he had some he had some moves um, there at the beginning that may or may not have been good ones, but um, it worked well, out. Well, obviously, they worked. <laughs> it worked out. That one definitely like set him back a couple of paces because it was like, Ooh. is this a guy? So you got married four months instead of three months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, we were all in. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're already at two hours. Song. Already, we flew past the holy shit. We flew past the break, the beer, everything. We flew past everything. Yeah, this is usually when we start wrapping it up. Okay. Um, do you want to ask your usual? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have. Do you have any promotions Wait, that you want to? Promote? No, I'm not going to ask that. Oh, I do have something. I was trying to make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. I appreciate it. it. <laughs> I appreciate you making fun of me, but um, by the way, I have a stein. My did I tell you that? Yeah, you wanted to talk about it tonight. I was going to talk about it. I think it's kind of going away now, but it looks a little better. It's been bugging me for like two or three weeks. It got real red and irritated, and then all of a sudden, I've got like a bump underneath my eye. I didn't notice it prior. I'm glad. No, because I was hoping it didn't didn't creep you out. But I sent a picture to him earlier today (laughs) because you were hoping to creep. Like a close-up picture (laughs) of my eye all wide open. Saying, "Look, I got a sty now." My kids got those, and they turned into these like inflamed bumps that that like stayed. Apparently that happens if you don't get enough omega threes. Not all styes and whatever they had, yeah. but um, 
so we put omega threes in their diet, which is something that's a little hard for toddler vegans to to get. Right. But um, we put some vitamins in their diet, and they've never had one again. Yeah. So there's a little. I think I've. I can't remember ever having one. I mean, I was telling him two years ago, I had this thing in my. It was the other eye that I guess it was the beginning of a sty or was a sty or was some kind of infection, but. I mean, my eye was swollen shut. I had I wore an eye patch. Oh my gosh! Around town because it was so grotesque looking. I'm sure you got a lot of comments. I on did. That it was very. Eye patch. It was actually kind of cool, really, to be honest. But well, anyway. now you know what it feels like to walk around town with an eye patch. I don't know how that right. feels. I feel like a pirate. I've done that before, just for fun. Well, I found out that pirates do that so that when they go in dark places, they can just flip it up and their eyes are dilated. I heard something about that where if you want, and I I haven't really figured it out. So if you want to be able to see in the dark, you cover one eye Mm -hmm. when you like wake up in the middle of the night and you cover one eye and then do you cover up the other one and you're able to see or how does that work? It's a little tip I saw online somewhere where it's like cover one eye and then. That's beyond my my Well, it sounds very similar to this. I don't know thing. why I was intrigued by the fact that I think I just like the idea that I could see in daylight and immediately I can see in nighttime. Like you could just walk into different rooms and yeah. switch eyes. It's like a it, superpower. It works. The only issue is when you go into the dark room, you go back out into light. You don't have like a UV light on your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> like the eye patch does not work both ways. Yeah. Um, and it really throws my balance off and your sense of distance is totally skewed so that's probably why most people don't walk around wearing an eye patch yeah for and they're not really that comfortable you'd have to spend a decent amount of money i think get custom fit and yeah pirate life is expensive now this one i just went <laughs> to the party I, I went to the party store by target and just got a eye patch from a costume or something i always <laughs> wanted wasn't expensive a, a cool leather one i don't know yeah, that's going to be a luxurious pirate. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's why it's expensive for you. Right? I just... So I, I opened a beer. I don't know if we're going to do anything with it. We don't need to take pictures if you want to or whatever, but I figured, why not? I've got a couple more questions Okay. Um, that I had written down that I did want to cover. Uh, I do take some notes, and I kind of write down some stuff. But... Okay. So two quick things. Uh, what did it have to be quick? We, I got all the time in the world. I got nothing to do. I mean, we, should, we keep it but really we definitely, quick. We definitely wanted to ask about the creepy kid puppet show. Yeah, what was that? What was the creepy kid puppet show? That um, you okay, so it's <laughs> that was said in confidence. No, um, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to offend any Daniel Tiger fans out there. Okay, so Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is the offshoot of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. It's a television show for children aimed at kids like two to six, probably. Maybe three Something to, like literally three an offshoot, five. like it was yeah, spawned so, off of that show? Yeah, so the characters in Daniel, like Daniel Tiger was a character in Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, or in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Okay, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was like a little tiger puppet. Right. And um, his, so there's Henrietta the cat, and Miss Elena, and um, the trolley, the trolley the stuff, and yeah. the the king and queen and like all the all the characters but way less creepy than the mr rogers puppet because that area of mr rogers was a little creepy Mm -hmm. um brought down the show a little bit but Mm -hmm. mr rogers by the way shout out like he was the greatest man of all time um so what yeah i mean just incredible the the kindnesses that he um showed people of all different like i heard i heard a thing about how a little girl wrote in and said he always heard her heard him talking to the fish but she was blind, so she never saw him feeding the fish, and she was worried that the fish were hungry. Hmm. She was little. And so from then on, as soon as he got that letter, Mr. Rogers, in every episode after that, always said, and now it's time to feed the fish, and, like, mentioned it. And so 
and he always made sure to bring a an item in um, that he'd show when he sat down at the beginning of the show and he made sure that some of it was like a toilet paper roll and some of it was like a baseball so that it was it was things that kids of all different income levels may encounter it could be like a rock that he found outside or it could be something that you pay for Hmm, Um, so anyway so i've always loved the whole franchise of mr rogers and they've done a really good job of doing this little kids show that um, mr rogers foundation actually does and it's the best freaking show on tv they teach all these little for kids (laughs) i should (laughs) specify they teach all these little like social and emotional like development kind of things um so when I heard that they were coming to town as like a live show, I was very stoked to bring my two-year-old who is obsessed with the show. He, his name's Oscar and he just loves this show, um, which I'm fine with because it teaches him all kinds of great things. Um, and then we went and it's not really puppets. It's, it's like full body costumes. And so like, say it's your mom tiger is one of them and it's her head is like, is is what is this radius like a foot and a half at least least radius two foot radius um and so it had the features of the mom character but then it had a hole for the woman's face and they had her face painted like a cat too i think i saw it on instagram and so that's so upsetting because there's already features (laughs) and then there's this woman's face poking out and she's got all these features as well that's that have been painted on and they're just these big like floppy heads and so then they dance around the stage and they do and i just kind of looked at my son like is he into it like this is terrifying and he was not quite into it he kept asking me if he could watch the daniel tiger show on my phone the whole time we were watching the 40 dollar a ticket um daniel tiger show on the on the stage so, so that um and then I snuck him into this like members only VIP meet and greet session and it made it all worth it. That's awesome. He, we weren't supposed to be there, but yeah. nobody really, nobody <clears throat> told us not to be. Mom of the year award. Yeah. I mean, life of crime, you know, starting young, it's fine. <laughs> he's going to be in a gang now. Gang. <laughs> You're way ahead of Well, not if you travel across the... I mean, we, we could be a roving gang. We could yeah. just form our own he'll gang. Be, he'll be a break dancer. One of the two. Well, that's or two of the two, isn't that what you? Breakdancing. Wait, were you a breakdancer? Yes. As well. Okay. That's what I said. Well, you gave a lot of information that was I had to digest everything one by one. Um, City breakers. Can you still breakdance? Is my question. Um, I can do a few things. Who knew? Yeah, I won't do them now though. I mean, not now, but someday. Yeah, we'll do it. What are you doing? Well, I don't know if your iPhone is still recording, and uh, GoPro just died. Oh, the GoPro died. All right. Well, did you? Not hear all of the <clears throat> I heard stuff. I didn't know what was going on. You guys but... are like an old married All right, so couple. I got one more thing. We are. We'll go for this. Even when we're off camera, the same thing. One more question? Sure. Or why topic? not? What about the Cotton Branch Farm Animal Sanctuary? Oh. Something? Yeah. Um, that's something. I did a piece on them. Uh, they're super cool. They're up in the upstate. Uh, they are, well, yeah, they're like an hour outside of Columbia. So not even the upstate. Yeah. I just saw something about it. I didn't know anything about it. I figured I wanted to know something about it. Yeah. Um, they take abused. I just wrote an article about them in the last issue of, uh, Palmetto magazine and they take, uh, uh, abused and neglected animals and take them in and just give them this amazing home. And uh, it's it's really cool. You can go up there and volunteer. You can go up there and just like meet 
80 pigs and realize that pigs are really freaking cool um you can donate to them and they also do all these like family fun day events where you can bring kids and stuff but um it's it's just run by the these two guys and they just they don't get paid they just put every ounce of money and energy into giving a good life to to animals uh, that have had just like really bad lives and so I don't know I heard about them and then I pitched it for Palmetto and I got to write about it and it was one of those pieces that I was proud to write because it was um, I feel that the more people who hear about it the more money that can go into this organization there's so many organizations that need money but uh, for animal lovers that was a good one yeah yeah really neat I like that yeah yeah it's cool Um, I didn't realize that pigs have the um, mental intelligence of like a three to five year old hmm. and they're so they're smart. way smarter than dogs and um, so the stories that those guys can tell about the things that their pigs have done is and they have they have everything from smaller pigs although the micro pig and mini pig thing is a complete myth and they'll tell you all about that but um, what do you mean a complete myth so that's something that was um, that breeders have have told the public and they'll they'll say they'll they'll give poor feeding advice so that the pigs stay like kind of small but even in i want to make sure i say this right but at at universities and stuff they'll try to breed like a small miniature pig and they can only get it down to 75 pounds full grown or something like that the idea of this like 10 pound pig that you can carry around Anytime, like any of those celebrities that got famous for doing that, you look up where their pigs are now and they're like 80, 90, 100 pounds mm-hmm. or more at a sanctuary somewhere. And um, so it's kind of dangerous because these people, th- these these sanctuaries are being overrun with pigs that people were told, oh yeah, they'll stay really small. And maybe they'll stay smallish if you feed them half of what they're supposed to be eating each day. But it's pretty cruel to do that. And then so people are getting these pigs for their like third floor apartment mm. that end up being 90 pounds. And that's, that's what happens literally every time. And right. so, um, that's so that's why. And so they're, they're completely overrun with, um, with those kind of pigs. But, um, I forget, I forget what I was saying about that. But yeah. Smart. Yeah. 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 They're really smart. Um, Oh, they have everything from those size pigs, like the ones that kind of get smallish, to they have these farm pigs, and I can't remember the the size of this one, but it was like a potbelly like, pig. Like a they call it was like twice the size of this table. Um, a pig? Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Holy I wanna cow! Say, holy I, pig! I want to say 800 pounds, <laughs> but holy pig! They do have a cow there. They have a cow that is the its name is Freckles. And I want to say that was 1,400 pounds, but I might, I'm really bad with numbers. I mean, this thing, they say people drive by and they just stop and take pictures because this is just the biggest cow you've ever seen. And they attribute it to the amount of growth hormones that are being put into animals. And the fact that most of the time you don't see a dairy cow or a cow that is a certain age. Like they, you know, they slaughter them at a certain point more and more. And so... For the, but that doesn't explain why this cow is like a freaking giant. So that's holy cow. Yeah, Freckles is holy freaking cow. Yeah. And I also adopted a turkey there. Like a, you, you can adopt them. I adopted it just because its I mean, name you didn't is... you take it home. You no. just put your name to yeah, it. Yeah, okay. and then like give $15 <laughs> a month. But I adopted it just because its name is Bob. And my dad's name is Bob. And so and I was so thrilled to see that Bob is super gay. <laughs> <laughs> just because that makes for great jokes for my dad. Oh, yeah, they were like, man. Bob... 
only does his little like turkey mating dance for um Bo, his his little his little boy toy. So Ooh. uh yeah, they've got a thing going on. So Bob was doing it. He was like, Hey man, Bob and look Bo at in me. the morning. Yeah. That's a good radio show. Yeah, they're gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so awesome. anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. That's some good information. And that's where again? Where is that located? Uh, you said the upstate somewhere? Yeah, Cotton Branch Farm Animal Sanctuary. I cannot remember the name of okay. the city that it's we'll in it right now. Yeah. Cool. I really like that. It's, it's a cool great, place. Great concept. It, just if you're on your way to Columbia or something, I mean, just stopping in and, and kind of volunteer. You don't even have to volunteer. They'll just walk you around and you can meet all the cute animals. I mean. See, that's what I would want to do. Yeah. Just want to go play with animals. I mean, and if you do that, you know, throw them a couple bucks at the end for, well, yeah. you know, taking the time. But I'm gonna go look, I'm going to have to support. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go and you're like, I love Thanks all of you. Time. <laughs> See you guys later. And people do that. And uh, I think Dan is going to set up a, a run to benefit them here in Somerville, um, probably in, in awesome. November. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll push like it. A physical run? Yeah. Like a physical run. Leesville, so, South Carolina. Leesville. I'll like tell people County. about it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm not a runner. I'll do it, but I'm not happy about it. Cool. Or you you would do the run? Yeah, I'll do that run. Mm. But like most runs, I. So he's not setting up. It's just like a 5K or something. He's not doing a yeah. ultra marathon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the the goal <laughs> is to have as many people come as possible. Right. So 5Ks are popular. Man. You can skip and it's jump a, and. You know, I heard maybe, a joke from maybe. a. Comedians said, I'll be glad when they cure cancer so I don't have to do any more 5K runs or something like that. It's what some comedians said. But mm, That's good. <laughs> so on that note. Thank you for what coming. Else? Is that it? I think so. All right. I'm just terrified of the video right now. That's all. No, this thing's still recording. The last time it shut off when we said that. Well, it was just a second ago. But I know. I just, I don't... But I think that about... About ties everything up. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. It's a lot of conversation, a lot of topics. I talk a lot, I guess. That's so. fantastic. Yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, that is it makes the our point. job easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Janet. Thank you for coming to the studio, and to everyone else. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. We'll talk to you soon.